This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the nation's capital, this is the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast with your host, Rob Snowett. Thank you for downloading the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. This is Series 1, Episode 95, live from the Somerset Fly Fishing Show 2017, and I think Somerset, New Jersey. This is going to be a fun show. It's going to be long. I'm going to put the clean marking on it. If there is profanity, it's most likely from some jabroni in the background. A lot of people I did not get to talk to just because it's that crazy of an event. It'd be nice if maybe I just had a booth where people would just sit down and talk and we would get podcasts. But then I also like to tie flies and share those. Maybe next year we'll come up with something new. And if you know me, I'm more of the fly tying guy. Uh, I don't really go to the rod booths to see what's new. I don't really go to the real booths, the lines I'm interested in, but I like poking around the fly tying materials and looking at feathers, talking to people, seeing what new creative things people are coming up with. Pat Cohen's got a bunch. I wanted to talk to him about his line of scissors, some of his new products, but that just didn't make it on the mic. A bunch of other people, I said you know earlier, just did not make it on. 
But uh, I want to give some shout-outs to the following people. So let's give a nice shout-out to uh, Alex from Healing Waters for helping me get a hat signed for the Pixies teacher. It's always good seeing Richard, Tamar, David, Julie, Kiki, um, Dan, Ira, everyone there. Uh, big shout-out to Aquaman Flies, Anthony Presky. He dies some of the nicest looking Lady Amherst that you are going to find. And this flies, I'm going to go upload those to social media today. Absolutely immaculate. These are steelhead flies that you, you don't want to fish. You want to display them. Big shout out to Jason for putting all these files together. There's a lot of them. And I am going to get back the tying flies. I've got to start getting ready for the shad run. Which will start shortly. Whatever shad flies don't sell at the Lancaster show. Those are going straight into the guide box. So I hope to see some of you at Lancaster. Check out the new Snow White Dragonfly there. And maybe I'll have something else I created. So that is it. I hope you all enjoyed this show. I'm going to give it a clean marking. Any profanity would probably be from somebody in the background. Not from all the classy people that I interview. I hope you enjoy this one. I'm sorry. There's just a lot of people I didn't get to interview, but that's just how the show goes. Um, yeah. Enjoy this one. Thanks to everybody for taking the time out of their day to talk to me. And I hope you uh, check out some of their social media, go to the websites, hire them, buy their flies, buy their products, etc. If you do make sure you let them know you heard about them here. And uh, I want to also let you know that this podcast is brought to you by Ayobio USA. Uh, Biltong drawers and other traditional South African meats locally made here in Northern Virginia. Everybody at the show that got a sample of them was highly impressed. And you can find those at your Whole Foods and some of your finer retailers here in the D.C. metro area. If you can't, give uh, Vian a shout-out. It's ayoba-yo.com. All right, folks, let's do this. Somerset 2017. Good afternoon. I'm on my way to the Somerset Fly Fishing Show in Somerset, New Jersey. It's, uh, it's a different route I'm taking this time. I figure I've done Route 1 to avoid tolls, and there are a lot of lights. I've taken 95, and there's been traffic. I've done the Jersey Turnpike and paid out the nose with tolls. So this time, I am going to go around about. I'm currently in Pennsylvania. If you can't tell by the sounds of me going over the road, the dump, the dump, the dump, the dump. And the sign actually said end state maintenance when it said welcome to Pennsylvania. Good dump, good dump, good dump. I am going to drive up to Harrisburg and then hang a right on 78, pass through Jason Reeves Town. That's podcast producer Jason to you. We'll see if I have time to stop in. Then I should be in Jersey in no time. They actually said this was 22 minutes slower than if I had taken the eastern route. It's crazy windy out here today. There's 
garbage and leaves blowing all over the roads. I'm not a fan of holding the dat with one hand and the wheel with the other. I should be using two hands on the wheel. It is quite blustery out here. And I am going to get there around 4 o'clock. I think setting up should be quite easy. I've narrowed my fly patterns down this year to intruders. Just one, pink and blue. Snallygaster worms, articulated and non-articulated. And those will have tails and skirts. Reapers. Gutless frogs. I will be introducing my new dragonfly terrestrial, also known as the Zimabug. I've got the Snow White Damsel. I've got the Cree Bug. I'm going to do my bacon fly and a couple of worms. That should just round out what I'll be tying up there. There may be some more that I'm just not remembering right now. I've got everything down and two little storage bins in the back. Now, I'm not sure if I'm going to be splitting my table this year with somebody else. I'm fine if I do. I've gotten used to it over the last two years at Somerset. That allows me time to walk around and socialize and interview people. But if I have a spot to myself, I will somehow walk around during the quiet times. That's when lefties talking try and interview some people find out about what's coming out new this year as I did not make it to iCast last year now the plan is to drive down to iCast this year because I do like a good road trip and we're going to see how long this car lasts I do plan on eventually getting a new SUV soon and I'm going to switch lanes because I got someone riding my behind here I believe I will be tying next to Trad Little you can follow him at Trad's Flies on Instagram T-R-A-D-D-S he's the prodigy dude that I've been interviewing for the last four or five years we do like to uh, indulge in a bit of adult beverages from time to time at these shows so I went ahead yesterday and went over to Total Wine and I picked up some local Virginia ginger ales, root beers, and orange cream sodas for trad so we can toast to tying flies. Hopefully he's allowed to drink soda. I don't know. My kid isn't. She only drinks lemonade. And maybe... Yeah, that's about it. She drinks diluted lemonade. I don't know what trad drinks. If he doesn't want them, I will gladly drink them. That orange cream soda looks good. While I'm up there, I am looking for... Um, a double-sided clip aluminum fly box. If I don't find one up there, I'm going to order one from the fly shop in California. I'm also looking for a curved dubbing needle. And the last thing I'm looking for up there is going to be a pair of size 13 wading boots. I get a client at least once a year that's got some ginormous feet and they try to scrunch him into an 11 and it doesn't work so I'm going to see if I can get some just super old wading boots now they can fit in my waders you know the neoprene booties expand a bit 
But if you got built-in snowshoes, I got to get you some bigger, bigger shoes to put them in. Got a bunch of listeners that are going to stop by and purchase some flies. And I've got to wear my no pebble mine hat. I thought we were done with that crap, but uh, new president wants to open up the world's largest open pit mine. Now, from reading uh, some books lately, it appears that just the mine tailing alone would be a thousand feet high, a thousand feet wide, and I don't know, 30 miles long, and it would have to be monitored 24 hours a day for like 8,000 years to ensure no environmental degradation can happen in the Bristol Bay area. That would include one minor earthquake in 8,000 years would basically destroy all of Bristol Bay's fishery. Sounds like a great idea to me, uh, President Trump. Let's go ahead and do that. Let's make a couple of jobs uh, so we can destroy all of the fishing jobs and tourism jobs and everything else. So by the time you hear this, I should have an interview next week about the Pebble Mine from someone who's actually been there and testified to the Supreme Court about why it's such a bad idea. I'm trying to find some mints in my car. I didn't bring my normal junk food array. I've got some club soda, and that's it. My cooler's got some uh, frozen tikka masala or butter chicken from Trader Joe's and some frozen mac and cheese. That'll be my dinner tonight. I'm staying at the Sinesta Suites. Don't have anybody yet for the spare room or the couch. Hopefully somebody can join me and split the cost. And I'm looking forward to the breakfast at Sinesta Suites. It's been a couple years since I've stayed there. So I'm looking forward to the show. Going to keep on driving, listen to podcasts. While I've been talking to you, I'm charging my phone. I don't have Bluetooth on this car. Namely because when I bought it, it had a tape deck in it felt very proud of myself that I removed the tape deck and installed a a CD player. So I can charge my phone when I'm not using it to play music because I have the iPhone 7 now and you have to have the adapter because there's no headphone jack. And there's a car next to me from Tennessee. I wonder if they're going to the show. That's it for now. Stay tuned. I might have a, a sheet sandwich coming up later so we can discuss sandwiches it's always a topic i like to discuss all right i'm gonna kill the switch for now that was a super easy drive i've got three miles to go since i've spoken to you last our commander-in-chief has cut funding to the epa so it looks like for fly tires we might be able to get to uh use seal fur again you know we can start going and clubbing seals maybe we can go kill some polar bears um because the government doesn't care about them anymore and how about uh bald eagle feathers yeah let's use some bald eagle feathers to make some uh i would really go for a nice bald eagle soft hackle about now so i'm getting to the show i'm gonna go check into the hotel and i'm gonna go uh find out where i'm at the booth at the show, unpack my gear, set up, see if anybody else needs help setting up, and then we have the uh, after get-together this evening at 7 o'clock at the Marriott, so I will definitely be stopping in there for some hors d'oeuvres. Not too much handshaking. We got the norovirus going on around uh, 
at least in Northern Virginia area. So I will be avoiding handshaking this weekend as much as possible. I'm starting to recognize some of these buildings. So I know I'm in the area. I'm going to put you all down and, and get back to the last uh, 2.9 miles of driving. That's it. Not too bad. All right. So first podcast today, we're at Fly Fish Food. Follow you guys on social media. Where are you guys based out of? We're in Orem, Utah. That is about a half hour south of Salt Lake. Okay. Just had Lance on the other day. Cool. And Lance. Did he smell funny? It was, it was over the uh, airways. I don't know. Oh. Is he a smelly guy? No. He, I was just asking to see if he'd say that. No, Lance <laughs> We could start a rumor. I heard Lance has really bad BO. Now Lance is a good buddy of ours for sure. Nice. So you guys are opening up a shop now. Yeah, we have a shop that's been open since October, actually, um, right there in Orem. It's probably 90% fly tying materials, um, and then uh, a few rods and reels. No waders or apparel or anything like that. We have nothing like that. Open up one in D.C. All right. Honestly, like if I wanted to go out today in D.C. and buy olive marabou, probably couldn't do it. Well... I blame it on the politicians. Yeah. Yes. You got Maribu. there's Maribu just literally just showed up. Yeah. Um, so how'd you get the name Cheech? So I uh, speak Spanish. I went on a church mission to Argentina, and my brothers thought I sounded like Cheech when I'd speak Spanish. So uh, everyone started calling me Cheech after that. And the funny thing is, like, I I love reggae music. My nickname's Cheech. I haven't smoked an ounce of weed in my whole life, <laughs> so that's usually the next question. <laughs> it's like I'm a fishing guide. I don't eat fish, so. Right, yeah. There you go. Um, so this is your first time at Somerset? Yeah, absolutely. We uh, we typically do shows like in the West Coast, but we, uh, we decided to try this one out this year. Pretty cool. How do you like the new loom tools? I see the scissors a lot. Yeah. Social media these days. So one thing Loon has going for them is they have the mad scientist, uh, Matt Calise, who's their product manager, the product development manager. And uh, he puts a lot of time and effort into the tools. And, uh, you know, as ambassadors to Loon, we had a lot of input in how they were designed, what we thought uh, would make a good tool, and they listen. So... Um, we've been very happy with them. You know, if there's anything ever that we, we don't like, we tell them. They make the changes. They're always improving. Uh, but just one of the top-notch companies to work with in the fly fishing industry for sure. Did they make this high-end tool holder? Uh, which <laughs> Sponge? Yeah. The sponge with the bobbins? Yeah. Or the bodkins? No, that's, uh, that's Curtis Fry Engineering that made that one. Now, is that his real last name, or is that like a, a fish nickname? No, that's his real last name. So his dad is a baker. His dad's last name's Fry, and his mom's maiden name is Bake. That's no joke. It's called Shake and Bake. Shake and Bake. <laughs> Shake and Bake. I, mean, I can't comment on anybody's last names. I mean, it's just... Right. So it Snow looks like, White. yeah, you guys are, are Regal fans. Yeah, we, uh, we tie a lot on the Regal. We also tie a lot on the Griffin Mongoose. Uh, that being said, <clears throat> lots of good vices on the market, um, but we're not we're not on any specific pro staff with vices because we're we're kind of vice whores. We just tie on all of them. What do you sell at the store? We sell Regal, Griffin, Renzetti, HMH, Peak, 
Stonfo. Um, yeah, all the good ones. So, how big is the store? Um, it's not very big. If you walk in, geez, I don't even know how many square feet it is, but it's not. It's not a huge store uh, because we we split our retail space in half. The back half is managed as the warehouse where we do all of our online stuff. The front half is the retail store. So if you walked in and saw the square footage, you'd think, wow, it's not very big. But we have over 5,000 different SKUs in the front. Yeah, we definitely need a shop like that where we are. I heard there's one in the works maybe this year. Keep my fingers crossed. Right. That'd be cool. What flies are you tying up? So I've been tying up sliders and low-fat minnows. So I'm the streamer guy usually. Sliders? Are these western patterns? Um, I guess, you know, in, in the west we fish a lot of articulated streamers. I guess people can't see this. People on the radio, on the podcast, I am holding a slider in front of the microphone. So just this try to feel like its energy. To it. Yeah. <laughs> No, but it's just a it's just an idea. It started as an old saltwater pattern. Uh, Borsky put on put deer hair on a slider to kind of right. keep it upright, and I just morphed that into a trout fly, and it just happens to be probably our best uh, selling fly and our most effective streamer on the river, even over the Cheech leech. So the Cheech leech, yeah. Right. That's uh, that's some real business right there. Nice. And these are Curtis's stupid little chronomids. Yeah, it looks like it'll work. Have to look at those very much. Yeah, it looks like he's got a crackle back here. Yep. Tying like... some tiny stuff. That's why I know you guys are from the West. Yeah, absolutely. Tie a lot of really small stuff. I'm tying on like two odd bass hooks right now. Well, I was. Not over there now. And what booth are you got? You're sharing the booth space? Yeah, we're sharing the booth with Savory Creek Fishing. They're our buddies from Wyoming. We do a hosted trip with them every year. Um, we call it like the, the mini version of Alaska because, you know, the chances of you catching a 25-inch rainbow on a mouse or on a dry fly are very high. Uh, but we've, we've been going there for about the past three years now. Awesome, awesome guys. One day were you guys just like, you know what, let's just open up. We need a fly shop. What's that? How did the whole, like, I want to open up a fly shop come about? Yeah, so we kind of just started out because I was sick of sending an email out like here's the here's how to tie a cheech leech and writing a big email out so we decided to do a YouTube channel and Curtis and I have been friends for over 15 years we've collaborated on a few things but he was doing an article for the newspaper and I'm, I was a Rainey's innovator so people were asking a lot about our flies um, and then it, it just kind of one thing led to another we started a YouTube channel started to get traction realized that we were starting to create demand for our for the materials in our flies and so i think our first hairline order was like three hundred dollars and we were freaking out because it was a lot a lot of money for us and now we we spend i mean our hairline order every week is 10 20 times that so it's insane how it all started and um you know i don't think it well, we've heard it a lot. The best way to lose a hundred grand is to start a fly shop. So uh, we did it backwards. We started a business and then we opened the, the shop. So anyway, long answer, but that's that's yeah. what happened. Do you guys do any Saturday morning like talks? Have people in? Yeah. So the cool thing is, even though we uh, we have a very small limited space, 
all of our product is on rollers, so we can move everything out of the shop to the back. We have two big screen TVs there. We have all the AV equipment to have people come in and give uh, seminars. Like we had Lance and Devin come in and talk about their modern nymphing DVD, and they did a time demo. Breeze in there first. Yeah, Lance was really just stinking it up. But luckily, Devin's there, and Devin usually wears obsession for men everywhere. Nineteen ninety. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. So that, or what's the other one? Eternity. Uh, Eternity. <laughs> yeah. So Devin smells great. <laughs> I used to wear in eighth grade. Right. Exactly. And I'm guessing reggae's on. Reggae's on. Curtis listens to Pat Benatar a lot. Uh, <laughs> no. Curtis. Curtis is a he's a a classic rock lover, and I'm more of like the the reggae guy so and then uh you know the shot the guys in the shop they listen to whatever they want i know what album you guys need to play have you heard of dub side of the moon no it's a dub version of dark side of the moon it's awesome okay we'll do that for you next time we're in the shop dub side of the moon (laughs) this also reggae covers the dead those are some good albums all right yeah we need to swap some emails here yeah all right so he's doing all these little itty bitties yeah. You're doing the meat flies. That's just green thread on a hook. Yeah, and trout are really stupid. No, uh, that's actually peacock quill. No, that one is green thread. I don't know what Curtis is thinking here. Curtis is kind of a noob. It's all that Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, no doubt. All right. Oh, well, I'll let you guys keep tying. Where can we find you online and your social media sites? Usually at all the sites, we're at Fly Fish Food. Um, our website is www.flyfishfood.com, and our store site with over 8,000 different items is store.flyfishfood.com. And if you guys could uh, follow and subscribe and do all that crap, the way I'll know you listen to this podcast is if you leave us comments that say, Cheech is cooler than Curtis. Right? That we works for that, me. Right? Yeah. All right. Does Curtis want to talk at all? Yeah. You want to say anything? Um, everything Cheech said is a lie if it was regarding my name. <laughs> he really doesn't listen to Pat Benatar. He listens to the Bee Gees. That's worse. If there's one album I don't have to ever listen to, I grew up having to hear that crap. Yeah. Oh, my God. You're working at the bookstore. Right on. All right, we're going to go talk trash about Siobhan now. All right, it was good to finally meet you guys. You too, man. Glad you guys came out here. Thanks, Rob. Woo-hoo. It's amazing just how tired I am right now. It's been a long day. Uh, I'll catch you up to that in a moment. I definitely should have worn my compression socks for all this walking on concrete. So I get here yesterday. Uh, I arrived fairly early, check in at the hotel first, come over to my room, drop off my luggage, and I asked if they had an ice machine. The guy's like, no, I'll get you, a, get you a bag of ice from the kitchen. So I was able to ice down the club soda, sodas for trad, and the Coca-Colas, throw a couple of anchors on top and some Deschutes Brewing Company, throw the cooler in the back of the car, head over to the venue. I park right at the fire exit in the back, walk right in, and 20 steps is my booth. I'm sharing it with three others. And no one's there yet, so I put my gear down and just walk around, 
get familiar with the place. I talk with Pat Cohen, look at some of his new stuff. He's got these little crayfish that are pink. He's got a chatterbait fly now, which is crazy light. It's light enough to say you can't throw it with a spinning rod. That an eight-way could throw it, but a spinning guy couldn't buy his stuff and throw it. It's just too light. Talk to Scott Stryker. He's got a clouser. That's the biggest clouser I've ever seen. It's the size of a tacky fly box. He's giving me some ideas about some bigger stuff we can throw from the boat during the shad run for the fish below the shad. Talk to Peter Vandergrift from Costa. We did the podcast months ago, but my software just didn't record it. So I never got you that kick plastic campaign discussion. Talk to a couple other people. Just walk around, getting acquainted with where all the booths are. New booths this year. OPST is here. Uh, Sims has a full booth. A couple new rod companies, including Davis, uh, sorry, Douglaston, uh, River. God, I'm so tired right now. Douglas Outdoors. So I definitely talked to Dave McKenna. We're going to do another podcast like we did a couple months ago just to catch up on all the places he's been since he started this job. It's all over the entire U.S. It sounds pretty ideal. Come back to the hotel, check in uh, to the room, unpack things, and catch up on the news, emails, social media. Head over to the hotel for the AFTA American Fly Fishing Trade Association eh, cocktail reception. And it's open bar yingling. Uh, but I'm tired, so I was willing to drink it. I, I think yingling is nasty. Uh, it's like, it's up there with, I mean, I, I'll drink a Keystone Ice. That's what I brought up here to share with everybody. I'll drink that over yingling. Usually, if there's no beer... And somebody shows up and there's yingling, I'll go back to the option of not having beer. So anyway, they've got uh, hot food out. So we've got orichetti pasta with cream sauce and peas, some kind of spicy penne. And they bust out a uh, beef tenderloin roasted with gravy and dinner rolls. And then some kind of Vermont smoked turkey breast with... Another gravy. It was awesome. I punished all of it. I was hungry. Uh, bump into people that I haven't seen in a while and have a long conversation with Joel from Vitavu discussing all sorts of crazy culinary stuff, his culinary tattoos, his fly fishing tattoos. Uh, dude's worked all over the place, and I'm going to have to get some recipes from him. Uh, bump into Meredith McCord. Glad to see her up here. I think we're going to have to catch up with her again, too, with all the places she's been chasing world records. And then finally, uh, bump into Rebecca Red, who I haven't seen in like three or four years now. Uh, she's still shy to come on the podcast, but I got some of the craziest fly fishing stories I've, I've ever heard from anybody and these were just from her last trip to Tanzania. I, I mean, just like stuff you can't even make up. And I, I'm like, oh, please let me take out. I've got the dat in my pocket. 
And uh, so maybe I could chase her down tomorrow and get a little little talk out of her. But I still want to just get her whole story, which is pretty awesome, uh, on a full podcast. I was learning about her fishery back home and uh, we the whole discussion about Lampreside in the Great Lakes area and the Tanzania fish and what hippos will do to you or crocodiles if they get a hold of you in Africa uh, that tiger fish shed their teeth like sharks and grow new ones. I had no idea. And she, I mean, it, she kept going on at, with stuff that she saw there. That was just beyond crazy. Around 10 o'clock, I'm done. I want to come back, go to sleep. And I'm sound asleep. I pass out. I'm tired. Got a full belly. Remember that spicy uh, pasta? Yeah, I had some uh, heartburn last night, so I did not sleep well. My buddy in college dated a girl that had bricks under, or books, or something stacked up on the legs of the bed at the front, so she slept at like a 30-degree angle, so she wouldn't get heartburn. I could totally have done that last night. Get up early, check my email, listen to the news. Go to the hotel breakfast, hash browns, eggs. Totally could have used some hot sauce. Get to the venue early. Uh, I've set up to tie first. The Andy's going to tie at 1 p.m. on. So I, I get my coffee from the hotels. all hot. I'm walking up and down the aisles, chatting with everybody, discussing with Senyo how we're so scared of shaking hands and getting violently ill this weekend. Uh, I talked to one booth, and they were joking about just wearing, like, latex doctor's gloves while they shake hands this weekend because they're that afraid. I get to the booth about 7, what, no, 8.40-ish. Show open at 9 and start tying up the dragonflies. So you can look those up, hashtag Snow White Dragonfly on social media. Sold out of all of them today. I had to tie a bunch more. And I just start tying flies uh, from... 840-ish to 1, it started off with, what did I tie first? Dragonflies, and then I do a smaller one that looks like it, but it's more damselfly size. I was doing Carolina and Sky Blue. I was doing All Black, and um, I think I only two colors. Didn't do any green, didn't do any red. And then I went to... Tying up my Snallygaster with cheese with my uh, tr- uh, isosceles triangle ultra suede tail that I color up with Sharpie for fabric or stained by Sharpie, which are made for fabric, which don't bleed on this. It's one of the only fabric markers you don't have to treat or iron for it to set. So tying up those in pumpkin uh, chartreuse. And then Snakehead Fred comes by and orders a pile of worms and cree bugs. So I'm having just conversations with all these people from just all over the mid-Atlantic and northeast uh, while I'm tying cree bugs. Definitely need to get that tutorial out. It's based on Mike Dokato's cree bug, but it's dumbed down because that dude is an amazing tire. And mine don't look like his. Dumbed down version. And then I do a bunch of the uh, jelly bracelet material San Juan worms. 
And then I've got to start tying more dragonflies for people as they're coming by. Um, before I know it, it's 1 o'clock. I've got to clean up. Uh, Peter Koga was tying next to me all morning doing uh, some kind of spawning shrimp that people were going nuts over. One guy was like, why don't you have a, a video tutorial of that online? I was like, dude, why don't you just film them? Then you'll have the tutorial. You can put it up. So 1 o'clock, we switch out. Trad comes in, sets up. I start walking around, uh, shopping, just looking at material, just talking to people. A lot of handshaking. Oddly, I uh, come back to my booth, and who's walking in front of my station is Donald Trump Jr. Uh, see, he's got two guys with him. One's hanging back. Uh, there's like a six foot four Secret Service dude in uh, a suit, dressed business casual, totally stood out of the crowd. Everyone's wearing khakis and plaid in this place. So I, I hand him my card. Uh, I, I don't like the their this family, but I just said, hey, just want to let you know, uh, there's some pretty awesome fishing right where your dad lives. There's two blocks away is a stocked bass pond, and then there's the tidal basin. He's like, you can fish the tidal basin? I'm like, absolutely. And I take out the phone and show him some of the snakeheads and gar uh, cart pictures. And I'm like, dude, yeah, seriously, you, you guys can fish right in the city. Uh, and then he walked on. His teeth were this odd, oddly straight porcelain white um there's not a gap between like the dude can't floss if that makes sense uh he doesn't have to worry about you know food getting like caught in there because there's no like gaps um soft hands probably uses some really nice moisturizer and uh he moved on got a picture of him walking away just kind of cool um i know that they're big supporters they come by the healing waters booth a lot so uh, I'll give it to them. They've been doing that for a couple years. Walk around, talk with Crosby, my old boss for Breck Outfitters, who's at uh, Hardy and Hodgman. Oh, my God. There's so many people I talked to. Long conversation with Mike from uh, Fly Shack. Of course, it's his hooks I use 90% of the time. Uh, mostly the 7031 size 4 which is all of my shad streamers and guide woolly buggers and Chernobyl ants. And I don't know the number of the model number of the size 10 shrimp caddis hook. And that's what I use for my damsels, my worms, um, just pretty much everything else. So the person next door just slammed their door. Oddly enough, more towards my room than his this morning was a cleaned rib bone. Like, they were eating ribs outside last night and just decided to drop the rib bone from their barbecue, like, right there, which is kind of crass. Uh, so, yeah, walking around, talking, hanging out uh, at the Healing Waters booth, talking to Alex. Uh, it's, it's Healing Waters TFO on the inside, so long talk with Alex. We got some stuff planned for Healing Waters and Shad this spring down at Fredericksburg. Uh, hanging out with Dave Fokerts. Haven't seen him forever. Ira was just up two weeks ago. They stayed at our house for dinner. 
Uh, meet up with Tamar and Richard from Healing Waters, which bizarrely they live like five houses down from my cousin, Josh. Uh, so now they're good friends. And then there's uh, one of my daughter's teachers, Mr. C. It's a big fisherman. So I got a hat from Alex and Lefty and Bob both signed it for uh, Mr. C. So I think he's going to be pretty excited for that. And long talk with Trad's mom about parenting and kids watching TV these days, how our kids don't watch TV. And it's it's amazing how much uh, stuff they market to kids, all the crap on like Nickelodeon these days. Talked about that, Trad's fishing. That kid just absolutely fascinates me. I gave him uh, maybe 20 saddles and a full uh, like gray chicken skin I had at home. I think who else did I talk to? Uh, talk to Bo. It looks like we're going to Montreal for spring break. So I think as of now, I'm going to miss the Virginia Fly Fishing and Wine Festival. Unless something happens. Uh, maybe there's a big snowstorm, although we can't drive up there. For any reason, that trip falls through. I will be at the Virginia Fly Fishing and Wine Festival. But I think as of this week, I'm not going. We'll have to see about that. Uh, and just lots of hanging out, talking. Um, what other booths did I end up at? Talked to Umqua for a long time. Trying to get them to pick up my flies, if you know what I'm saying. And then uh, ended up back at the TFO booth and just hanging out with all the, the great people there. Bumped into Kiki. Uh, bumped into Alice later on. Alice Owsley, I want to get her on at some point. We're going to talk Ohio fishing tomorrow. And they turned on the ugly lights and then dimmed the lights and it was time to go. I came back here at 6.30. Going to catch up on the news. I've got 25 emails. Uh, figuring out with the wife why our um, heat in their house is not on. I have the Ecobee and I get an email. It's set to go off if the house drops below 62 degrees. Uh, so I got the email this morning. Our heat's broken. It's 57 back home. You can check that right now. When I Skyped, not Skype, FaceTime with the family, when I got back here, Dr. Jones was in this full-on fleece outfit. It's, uh, 57 back home right now. That's how crazy technology is. So I think they're going to go crash the ladies at my parents. Oh, no, it went up to 58 just now. They're going to go crash with my parents out in Reston. If it gets really cold. Um, tomorrow morning, it's going to be busy. Go meet up with the TPFR lads. I think Trent, uh, Scott, Thomas are coming up. I don't know who else is coming up tomorrow. But, uh, yeah, meet up with people. Try not to buy too much. Couldn't find a, an aluminum double clip fly box. Didn't find a good deal on size 13 wading boots. And... I found a curved dubbing tool that's sharp on the end, but it's not like a curved bodkin, which is what I'm looking for. And I'm going to go make either the chicken tikka masala or some mac and cheese. Heck, I'm hungry enough to eat both right now after that day. Uh, thanks to all the podcast listeners that came out. Hopefully some of you were listening met me and learned about the podcast. And uh, looking forward to Saturday at Somerset. Tomorrow's going to be a fun day. It's a big one. 
if you haven't been to the show, you need to make it up here at some point. So my appetite to me is more important than uh, talking nonsense from all day. So that's it. Jason should be here tomorrow too. I've got some uh, biltong for him. He's going to be quite happy. All right, Saturday morning, we are with Cat Roland. Where are you out of? New York City. Where, where in the city are you? Chelsea. Have you been to the market? It's amazing. I shop there. It drives me nuts, all the tourists. The hummus is Zahav. Sorry? Have you been to the Zahav for the hummus? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, my yeah. Yeah. Okay, so easy drive for you to get here? Yeah, it's about 40 minutes. And what is your style of tying? I tie um, salmon flies from the 1850s out of... Francis Francis, a book on angling. I'm tying through the book, all six editions. It's about 700 flies with all the variations. Um, so I'm doing a project which shall then create a couple of books out of eventually. Um, but it's all uh, patterns from the 1850s from the rivers in the UK. I tie them in the sizes that they fish them. Um, all in hand, no vice. That was, about, that was my next question. Um, kind of, I want to say primitive tools, but just basic tying. They're all antique tools. And one of the things I like about this time period is they it was before they started tying flies for exhibition. So these, these flies were seriously for fishing. Um, and they don't use a lot of really expensive materials. So it's all material that you can get out of your local fly shop for the most part. So whenever somebody says, oh, I can't, I'm not going to tie salmon flies. It's too expensive to get into. I just say start with Francis Francis because you can tie hundreds of flies um, with readily available materials. I see some guinea fowl, some wood duck. Yeah, um, golden pheasant tail. Um, back then, they didn't use turkey because they didn't tie really big flies. There were no um, turkeys in England. Right. So they used what they had. They used goose and swan. And if you tie smaller sizes, you can get goose very easily. Um, you know, just go through the rack and find the biggest that you can. And you can tie a, almost up to a 3 aught with goose. What are some of the more exotic ones you have here in the bin? Oh, there's a um, little bit of silver monkey, bittern, um, boar bristles, satyr tragger pan. Where do you come across those? I buy mounts um, and then tear them apart if they're a little moth-eaten. And, so if I ever come across like some mink or something, anything that's weird, send it to you, maybe, your collection? <laughs> Yeah, because when I finish the, the salmon flies in the book, I'm going to go back and tie the trout flies, and those require lots of odd little bits. Do you have any social media websites where we can follow you? I don't. Personally, I need to set one up. Um, so it'll be coming. Fantastic. How's the show going so far? Great. Yeah. It's, uh, all the people are great. I come to the shows mostly for the people. It's a good networking. Yeah, definitely. It's getting crowded now. It's Saturday Almost an afternoon. Yes, it is. It's starting to, to crowd up. Expected for Saturday. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll check back when you're finished tying these and appreciate the time. Yep. Thanks, Rob. Fantastic. This podcast is fueled by Ayobio, purveyors of locally made, well, at least for me, traditional South African meats, including biltong. Use promo code Rob Snow White for 10% off your next order. You can reach Ayobio at ayoba-yo.com. And the promo code is R-O-B-S-N-O-W-H-I-T-E. All right, you want to introduce yourself? 
Hi, my name is Jack Mitchell with the Evening Hatch on the West Coast. Whereabouts? Out of Washington State, yep. How's the show going so far? You know, it's been fun. The East Coast is amazing. The people have been great, and uh, we've booked some trips, and uh, and uh, we love steelheading and trout fishing, and that's what happens on the West Coast in Washington, so, yep. And um, let's see what you got pictures back here, some pretty big rainbows. Yeah, rainbow trout on the upper Columbia, I would call that world class. The Olympic Peninsula winter steelhead, we fish seven rivers out there. And then our summer run steelhead programs on the Klickitat River. Is there anybody who doesn't have that on their bucket list? I'd call them crazy. You know, I've heard, had a lot of interest in the Olympic Peninsula, this this, uh, this show here, and uh, everybody wants to catch a cromer. Yep. So what kind of gear would someone need for going out there? You know, we fish both ways with a two-handed rod as well as with a nymph. Whatever, whatever you want to use, not a problem. We do provide all gear if needed, and and, and we will fish either with the nymph or the swung fly with a two-hander or a single-hander, whatever you want to do. We're using all your tactics now out here on the east, intruders, thicker skagits. Right. We're you know, adapting those for our – what do you think of our steelhead out here? You, you know, fish I have never spent any time fishing for your steelhead, but I, I, hey, it's fishing. It's a good thing. Never, I never put fishing down. I hope you guys are having a good time catching them. Yeah. And you put a steelhead in different water. They don't know where they are. They don't know they're on the East Coast. They don't know they're in Lake Erie. Yeah, absolutely. I've heard you've had some great fishing out here. Some of the numbers I hear you guys catch a nymph in is amazing. Not mine recently. Pardon me? I'm on a drought for steelhead. Uh, no, that's not good. You oh got to come to the West Coast. Uh, November 2015 is the last time I hooked a steelhead. Oh, no. Rob, come on out. Yeah. Come on out. We'll show you some steelhead. Absolutely. I don't want to tell you. Yesterday, I think they hooked seven in one of our boats, two on the swing, and five nymphin. Yep. What boats are you drifting? Uh, we have Clacka Crafts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we're fishing either on the Olympic Peninsula, we're fishing the, the Queets, the Quinault, the Hump Tulips, the Clearwater, and the Hoe. Yep. Do they still brew Olympia? No, well, you know, that's a good question. I'm not a drinker, so I don't okay. know. Oh, you must feel so good in the morning. <laughs> I mean, you see, that's some good the, stuff, Rob. Yeah, that's most awesome. of the people that I've interviewed or tried to interview so far, they're like, come back after I've had a Bloody Mary. Yeah. See, everyone, I don't know what they were doing last night. We went to bed at 10. Yeah, I went to bed at 9. You can tell I caught a, I caught a cold. I should be standing away from yeah. you, Rob. You don't yeah. have anything to stand on. Here. I know. Well, um, this was off the cuff. I wasn't even supposed to be at this show. I did Marlboro. They ended up having an extra booth, and I said, what the heck? I came on down. This My, is your fist, first, uh, first time. Set? First time on the East Coast. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Never been here. I never stepped outside of Washington we do have three lodges there, so come visit us. Absolutely. Yeah. Hold on a second. Steve, I may have somebody to tie those. He's not here. Okay. He's in Kentucky. But uh, even better because our guy who orders is in Kentucky, too. Okay. Perfect. I'll, I'll get in touch. Yeah. yeah. So Ray Jeff is looking for casting flies, oh. little yellow puffs. Oh, yeah. 12 Yarn. Do- yeah, like 20 dozen. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to do that, especially tied to his specifications. Custom tie? Yeah, I do. You nice. Know. nice. I do warm water. If you get down there, I do warm water urban. We fish in D.C. Dude, you need my, to c- my business card will fool you. Yeah, you need to come fish our warm water desert. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen Catch Magazine? I know of it. Yeah, check out Desert Drift. Okay. Yeah. I know because well, I just did a whole podcast on uh, steelhead. Yeah. Is it steelhead? No, smallmouth. Smallmouth. And smallmouth in my studies were considered the worst introduced fish. You could put anywhere 
especially out west, because the salmon don't know them as right. a threat, so they eat all the salmon fry. No, the there, sal- is, there is an issue. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. It was pretty interesting that yeah. they coexist. The salmon don't know yeah. that they need to fear this the voracious smallmouth, and they eat all the fry and the eggs up. I mean, I love smallmouth fishing. I mean, I'd rather not have them in our Najimus rivers, no right. doubt about it. But there's some uh, there's some great stuff in the basins in Washington, Central Washington Basin that has some awesome smallmouth fishing. Yeah, with topwater. Yeah. Nice. So, what kind of food do you go eat after a good day of drifting and rowing? The other day, when I was up, uh, well, on the East Coast, if I'm if I'm on the East Coast, I want to go eat some chowder. I had some great chowder. Back home, we're eating. We're eating a lot of fresh seafood. A lot of uh, we dig up clams and and have uh, salmon often. How about the gooey duck? No, we don't. <laughs> That's supposed to be really good. No, I, I personally have not had it, but right. but now that you bring it up, maybe I should try it. Yeah. yeah, I'm allergic to a lot of shellfish, but I don't. I think clams are okay for me. Yeah, scallops are awesome. That's how I knew I was allergic to shellfish. Yeah, you didn't like them, huh? No, my my throat was tough. Yeah, oh, you never, don't want to do that. Yeah, it was tough. So these guys next to you, do you do work with them? You know, we have, sold, we have sold some of the OPST. There's so many different lines and so many, you know, I mean, some of my favorite lines, Next Cast, I love them. I do like an OPST for a short head. I mean, you can't get any shorter than that, okay? I just bought one for my five-wave. Yeah, good. I mean, I mean, quite frankly. Roll cast 70 feet with yeah, that. It's a beautiful thing, yeah. yeah. And quite frankly, nowadays when it comes to spay casting, it just makes things, or two-hand swing casting, it just makes it easier on the body. Their dubbing tool is pretty nuts, too. Their spinning... It means, just doesn't stop. Oh, it it's amazing. I would recommend that one. Yeah. In fact, I bought another one just recently. Fantastic. Yeah. Where can we find you guys? Any of your own social media versus... You can find us at www.theeveninghatch.com. Yep. Yep. Right. Very cool. Well, Jack, yeah. thanks so much. I guess I'm going to... Well, if you're sick, I'll pop elbows. No, don't. Me. Yeah, there you go. Dude, stand away. Yeah. Bad. Everybody here is going to come down with something. It's crazy. I mean, I, I'm telling you, 18 hours ago, I was falling. I don't know what. Hydration, the too. I've been, I've been pounding if need, it. If you need one of these, I got them. Yeah. Hot sodas? Yeah. I've been I got some coats. Pounding water. I mean, yeah. just pounding it. Yeah. All right. Well, enjoy the East Coast. Right on, Rob. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. All right. We are with Andrew. Where are you out of? Uh, I am out of Montreal, Quebec, but I, I spend my summers up in Labrador um, guiding for the summer at Mackenzie River Lodge. Poor you. Yeah. That sounds I'm, awful. It's a pretty good job. I mean, the, the long story short, I couldn't afford to go up there, so I decided to get paid to be up there. Yeah. So I noticed you, not only the ridiculous fish pictures, but we're both wearing no pebble mine hats. I mean, we got to support it, uh, especially being younger guys like, like us, future, you know, we have to we have to respect the fishery down the line, and unfortunately, some new executive orders are coming along, and we have to get back in the fight for Pebble Mine. It's kind of ironic that we're fighting for for you know a project that's literally half the continent away, but I mean, fishing is still fishing, and we got to protect these pristine places. Absolutely. So let's talk about your fishery. Uh, well, so where? How far north are you? I'm looking at these maps. Um, so we are actually out of, our full plane base is out of Wabush uh, Lab City. Where would that be on this map? I know you guys can't see it. Here, here's the map for reference. <laughs> um, basically, we are north. We are, fuck, I can't recall the parallel. Hopefully you're going to be able to cut this out. Um, I'm trying to remember. This is the 49th parallel, almost at the 50th parallel. So we are way up there. Summer's about two weeks long. 
uh, and the sunny days, if you blink, you'll miss them. Really? Um, so Fantastic Fishery, we're at the head of Smallwood Reservoir, one of the biggest, or the biggest, actually, man-made lake in, um, in Canada. And that's kind of a treat for us, because historically, we were the only river with uh, land, uh, landlocked Atlantic salmon in our area. Their territory got a lot bigger, and now we're still the main river where they come back to. So we've been seeing an increase in numbers and an increase in size in the last couple of years for a landlocked fishery, which really sets us apart, I believe. That brook trout back there is the size of my mini schnauzer. Yeah, that's a big thing. People, definitely Labrador is the draw for the brook trout population. Historically, it's been always, you know, it's, it's their big spawning grounds. It's their big, it's their native land, we should say. And they get big, they get mean. So back where we're from in Virginia, you know, a big brook trout might be eight, nine on a good day, inches, that is? Yeah, eight, nine inches. Us, big brook trout, definitely eight, nine pounds. That's insane. Our area, you know, we have to be honest about this. We don't have the biggest brookies. The guys down at Manipi, Eagle area, they've got the really big boys. Uh, but we've got some of the really best river fishing in the area. So our brookies are a bit slimmer. They're a bit more like little bulldogs. They have to get through the runs. They have to get up the rapids. They're not the fat ones that just go around swimming in the ponds. Right. Uh, that thing is just long. Oh, yeah. It's got, I mean, it's got a gut on it. Like our average, our average brook trout up there is anywhere from 19 to 22 inches, and we're hope, we're always hoping for the 26, 27 inch fish. You get an award for that? Uh, well, high, you, high you, five. you definitely get a pat on the back from your guide if you manage to land it. How often do you get a fish for fun? Oh, uh, I mean, we sneak out. We're definitely we're young guy, we're young guide crew. So our first week, obviously, we have to go around, explore the water, make Absolutely. sure everything is still fit after the winter. It's like a chef tasted in their product. Yeah, it's, it's the tasting course, you know, seven days of, of, of trying different species, new stuff. Uh, our territory is huge, and we haven't fished most of it, so we still go out sometimes when we've got a, a spare guide and a bit of time. We'll try to drag canoes up in new ponds, new rivers, go go check out some new creeks, and sometimes we find some pretty good fishing out there. You got bears or anything up there to worry about? Uh, we got bears. We just consider them really big raccoons. They're not as bad. The other operation is up in Ungava, so polar bears are a bit scarier than uh, than black bears. You I know say. the lady who's going to be in charge of all the schools in America wants to have guns in schools to protect against grizzly bears. That sounds like an interesting plan. Um, I don't think it's going to My work. daughter's school's got squirrels. That's about it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, pest control is a whole other ball game when, when you're actually in, in urban cities. So what would be the outfit? If I'm coming up to fish with you, what kind of... Rod, reel, line, do I need tippets? Um, we kind of dictate it around what we're doing. If we're casting streamers, those things really like to eat their meat. So we're casting, you know, rabbit streamers that are about three, four inches long. Cone heads get down there. Uh, so personally, I'm more comfortable with a seven weight. But preferably, I'd like to use uh, some of the lighter rods, five weight, six weight, you know, casting dry flies on a slower pool. Get a, get a lot of fun out of it. You got a particular hot fly, or those fish don't see flies too often, and you get away with some funny-looking stuff? Uh, we Like, when guys come up, we always tell them, bring all the fly boxes you've got. We're going to pick and choose through them and sometimes toss something weird. Uh, hot fly, for me, is definitely the master splinter mouse. Just we got to get him on top water, and that pattern just works out for us. It's this nice, slim pattern. It's got a bit of a popper action to it, and we'll definitely move some fish with that. We'll see him we'll see move, move out of their way to get it, chase it up. After a long day of fishing, what's the food situation like? Food situation is really, really good. i got some buddies from Montreal that usually come up for the summer, 
Uh, they get out of the city, out of the craziness, and get to cook for a smaller group of, of, of guys. Um, the beer situation is another story, though. It depends on the clients. Hopefully the guides get a couple of good IPAs out of it. I'm headed up to Montreal. Any uh, fishing going on there in April? Uh, in April, not really. Montreal. What's the weather going to be like? Uh, April should be actually, you know, fair. Uh, maybe around 60 degrees. The snow is starting to melt out. People are starting to, the girls are starting to wear skirts. We're definitely trying to get some, some outside time after a long winter up there. Get any, some cold beer. Any good dive bars or places I should go, like off the beaten path? Off that, the beaten That you don't path. mind telling the world right now? Telling the world. I'm, I'm kind of like a fancy pants when I get in the restaurant industry because I work with the guys a lot of time. Uh, I want to go to Garde Manger, but you can't get kids in there. Uh, actually, Chuck is actually pretty good with the kids. I'd, I'd, I'd recommend Garde Manger. I'd recommend the other spot, La Salle à Manger, which is really good. It's up on Saint-Denis. And I do have to say a shout-out to my buddy's restaurant, Hugen and Beaufort, out in the East Angus area. Right, we might have to check that out. I'll yes, please do. Please do. And, uh, and not the, the, there's the bagels. There's the bagels. And smoked meat. Yeah, smoked meat. Yeah. The actual stuff, like not pastrami. You have right. to go and have smoked meat. Um, Schwartz is still, like, the destination, I think, even if it's a bit touristy now. Uh, it's still, you know, it's still an authentic kind of joint. There's a couple of them around there too that are well worth checking checking it out. Poutine too is, is all over the place, but some, uh, you know, a, a poutine you have to order like standard. You don't want to put sausages or meat or anything like that on it. Just French fries, sauce, and cheese curds. God, I'm drooling right now. It's delicious, man. Wait for that. Where can we find you guys online? If you have your own personal site you want to reference. Besides um, this? Yeah, sure. You can find us using it online with MackenzieRiverLodge.com. Uh, there's there's another one in Oregon, so we're the one in Labrador, just to make sure. If, if you're looking for steelhead fishing, if you're looking at steelhead fishing pictures, you, you don't have the right one. These fish are the size of steelhead. Is that a char or what is that behind you? Is that a brook trout or like an arctic char? Uh, so that's one of the, that's definitely a brook trout spawning male, basically. What? That one we caught two years back. He taped out at a solid uh, 26 inches with about 19 inches of girth. So, wow. absolute pig. The mouth on that thing is nuts. I would yep. use pliers to take a hook out. We definitely get some bite marks on our hands after the end of the day. We carry some, uh, we carry some Band-Aids around. Yeah. Definitely mean fish, especially with the spawning colors. When we get into early August, the males are starting to get their bright robes. Backs become like jet black. They're beautiful fish. Thing is ridiculous. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But our landlock fishing too is really, I think, as a guy, that that's what gets me, you know, yipping and yelling on the river when we get the big landlocks up. Uh, we've had some that were pushing over 30 inches this year, so really some monster fish, and they fight like like crazy. For you. All right, dude. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much, Rob, for your Absolutely. time. Absolutely. If you come out, I'm, I'm down there. So perfect. I'll come you need a cold you. one. I got cold ones. We'll do. Right on, dude. All right. So we're at the front doors where it's nice and toasty right now. Where, where are we uh, really at, though? So Competitive Angler is outside of Western PA. Uh, we're in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. That's right. You're, I heard that, you guys, yesterday. Yeah. You say yeah. that. I was like, I've been mispronouncing that my entire life. Town of Rolling Rock, formerly. Um, Arnold Palmer. Uh, it's a little... Little town, suburb, Pittsburgh. Uh, we we started this fly shop kind of on a whim. Um, 
my biggest thing was about three years ago, a buddy of mine was like, hey, you know, you know this stuff, and, and I want to get this stuff from other places around the world that we're ordering and stuff, and, and it was always, you know, you couldn't find it, and it's mixed matches and stuff, and and he's like, you're a gear junkie, and and I've always been that way, and, and I guide, and, and I was like, you know, yeah, we're going to take a shot at it, and... She looks like she has a Star Trek gun. <laughs> that's our, uh... That's our uh, scanner. <laughs> but we, we've we've started out with one item, you know, and it was tungsten beads. Tungsten beads. And uh, that was a year and a half ago. And we tried to take a different model, you know. Uh, our model was more like take pictures of everything, show everybody what you're actually getting. You're not getting, a you know, a drop-down bar of this, 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 you know. So, um and we import probably 85% of our products, so our style is, you know, bringing in the old with the new and doing a mix-mash of both. we got some, some birds up there that don't look like they're from around here. No, we got we got some Cook Shield products from uh, the UK, which is... Brook Shields? Cook Shield? Crook. Cook. Cook. Cook, uh, yeah, Cook Shield, um, Honic, uh, Dohiku, Hens, uh, Soldierini... Sibai. What is that craft fur down there? I've never seen anything like that. that. Yeah, that's some unique craft fur from Sibai. Um, they that's have, cool. yeah, they have some really cool flashes and angel hair blends that uh, nobody else seems to make in the states. Um, it's still angel hair, but it just has some pretty cool, unique properties. Um, and that's a lot of our products. You're, are like, you're like a niche shop for. We are. We really stuff. are. You know, but we do sell. You know, streamlined. 2488 TMCO, Daiichi, you know, um, tacky fly boxes. We, we cater to everybody, but we like to have a niche for the guys wanting the extra stuff or the unique stuff. And um, and we're always willing to try to get new stuff for, and take feedback from other consumers. So it's been very, very well. Uh, we've grown from, like I said, from beads to 500 SKUs in a year and a half, and and it's mainly because of our loyal customers and what they're willing feedback to give us. And, and we've really grown from there. And um, it's been a great ride. So um, this is our first real big show. and This is the big one. This is the big one, yeah. And it's the one worth doing. Um, and we we got some more lined up for this year. Um, Benefit of the door, you get fresh air. Yeah, yeah. It smells like uh, like Vicks vapor rub out there. Oh man, it's it's terrible out there. It, I think. Vicks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome to the fly industry. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it's it's a it's a great thing. Are you familiar with any of our stuff? Uh, not too much. Uh, ben came and found me. He's like, let's go talk about. I mean, otherwise, I'm tying to the. Back. You are the. Opposite end of the earth from where I am inside there, so I probably wouldn't have come out here. Um, yeah, I mean, do you do the barbless, uh, any any euro stuff or? Not really, but I want everything barbless. Not yeah, so much yeah. the fish, but it's a hundred dollar copay at the hospital for me. <laughs> and as a fisherman, we're wearing technical, expensive gear. Absolutely. There's no reason I need to put a huge hole in some Gore-Tex or high-end fleece. Absolutely. I mean, it's just beneficial all the way around, They're sharper right? anyway. Yeah, I mean... They penetrate getting, faster. You're getting a better penetration. You're getting, like you said, you're not getting it in your clothes. You have to get forceps out, rip your shirt. Um, 
and the price points are right around the same if you're going to pay for uh, Daiichi or Tiemco. And not to say that they're not a great look, it's just, you know, when you can get wider gaps and more efficient, longer points for the same price, I mean, it makes you a better angler and it gives the fish a better release. Absolutely. I mean, why wouldn't you? Um, so, educating the public on that is... You know, a lot of old school guys don't want to change, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I, I understand. Um, the situations you, you can't get the hook like you want in barbless that, or you know, that you would get in a barb hook from TMCO or what any of the name brand companies. And, and and sometimes you just have to be creative. Pinch barbs. There's nothing wrong with pinch barbs, but um, the difference we have is the longer points on this. You pull your hook out of your phone box and there's a chunk of foam stuck to the barb and it doesn't come off. And yeah, yeah, I mean... Barbs are a hassle. They are, they are. And, and you know, it's not even just the, the hooks anymore. It's it's some of the uniquer, like, some of the European stuff is just different, you know, and it gives the guy that wants to flash up his regular pheasant tail that he's used to using you know, some UTC thread and want to try some different ice dubbing that's a little softer. You know, they're just, it's just so many varieties in fly fishing. That's why we all do it in fly tying. I think it's more about, you know, creating something and using your imagination and, and just bringing all these unique, cool products and, and running with it, you know. And there's nobody that says you can set, I don't have to do this. And that's what makes us uh, kind of unique and niche, um, like you said. And we we plan on uh, keep running with it, and it's been it's been doing great. You get a lot of foot traffic being right we here. We have, we have, we we've had a, you know, it's not the best spot in the show. Um, we've unfortunately, it was a last minute. They had a drop out, and we we actually got to get in. So um, we took what we could take, and and for our first show, you know, we're doing quite well. Um, and, Pretty much everybody has to walk in front of this. If yeah, either in front of this or on the way out, yeah. and, and we usually get. It's been pretty like steady, um, yesterday and today, and and hopefully tomorrow. Um, but yeah, we couldn't ask for a better crowd so far, and it's a great. It's been a great time so far. Any hot items that we're picking up? Um, you know, we have sold a ton of. Pertigone tinsel, that is the new Hens Pertigone and the body quills. They're cleaning this out and the cook shield uh, from the UK. Uh, that is, we have guys come with handfuls and just bagging it. And uh, so that's that's been our hot one. We also have a Honic fluorocarbon, which is similar in strength to Trout Hunter and and instead of getting a 50 millimeter you're getting a 150 millimeter for $30 compared go. to $25 with Trout Hunter for one spool so essentially you're saving $50 when you're buying one compared to the other but, but you know it's, the name sometimes scares people because they're not sure of a, a foreign name but it, it's good stuff and a lot of this is uh the names, you know, sometimes it takes getting used to. But visually, I mean, first thing I notice, what is, I mean, that's different. The crafter, what is that spotted? It looks like a close-up of a pheasant tail. Like a... Oh, yeah, like a like, micro? It looks like you took a pheasant tail and just zoomed in on it with spots in the brown. 
It's just cool looking. It is. Um, that catches my eye over most things. It's it's really unique. And are you a streamer guy yourself? I talk a little bit of everything. Like some of the flashes, uh, they're just stuff that you don't see. Like that crapper, I've never seen that before. Um, and it's just wild, you know. And I think, in my head, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, some of the stuff that you could do with that, you know, making some really wild streamers. Yeah, I'm thinking just like flats patterns. Those light kind of yeah, sandy browns in there. Some of this shades of gray and stuff that you get in there. And uh, I mean, you can make some awesome, awesome plazas. Yeah. Is that camo leader? That's the, the camo. Yeah, camo? camo leader is very popular from Hens. Um, is that a play on camo? Of the color? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, I'm not the brightest bulb. No, no, you got it. Uh, we have two types. We have the Honic, the new one, and it's a little stiffer. It's a Czech camo leader, which is essentially camo. And then you have the, the French camo hens leader, which is, they come in different lengths. They have like 902 is like a 30 foot, and then we have like a 15 foot, and then they have like a 12 foot. And a lot of guys buy the 30 foot and cut it down and kind of do it to their specs. So do you go to the European shows to find all this stuff? I, I didn't. You know, um, I have had guys... you got to make that an excuse to go over there. <laughs> I, I've been wanting to. I've had a lot of guys from Europe help me out and, you know, ask questions. I've had a lot of guys, uh, like my buddy here, Pat Weiss, who's on the, the Team USA world team. Nice. Um, he, he took fourth last year. And we, were, we just had... Uh, probably knows Lance Egan. He does. He's on the same team. Yeah. Does Lance really smell bad? No. Depends on how long we've been in camp. Depends on how long we've been in camp. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we just had him on the other day. Uh, two Lance, days ago. Lance is a great guy. Him and Devin, they're uh, world-class guys. Are all the competitive guys tall? You guys are all like the same size. All but one, right? Tall. Tall and skinny. Yeah, like George, Daniel. He walks into the casting pod. Norm's. Is he? Just the good ones. The good ones. <laughs> but the rest of you guys are pretty tidy. <laughs> Do they only have one size blue blazer then? <laughs> like a 44 slim? <laughs> He's happy to get there. But, uh... Honey Brown comes in cans now? Not it that does. big jug? It does. I've only seen it in that big jug. It does. You're not supposed to have open containers, by the way. <laughs> That's what my <laughs> snap fusies for. It wouldn't be Somerset without it. Exactly, exactly. But guys like in the industry that... It was Honey Brown iced tea. It's good. You want one? I'll pass. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing the keystones right now. Uh, guys like Pat and, and other guys like Sean Crock, buddies of mine, and, and have really showed me a lot. And in the competition scene, when I started doing it, and the acceptance of the camaraderie, and, and just seeing some of the cool stuff that was out there, and finding how hard it was to get it when I initially started was like it was like pulling teeth you know searching the web and uh this made me kind of on a trip from the south holston one day we were driving back and you know we were always like man i wish i had this pattern you know i I needed that and uh well i can get it but i have takes three weeks to get it you know when you need it for the sulfur hatch next week um so what we ended up doing is uh 
my my dad was kind of and my buddy Brent they kind of floated the idea and that's how it all came about. So with your materials, if I was going to do it with South Holston, what would I use to tie one of their famous sulfurs? What would you pick out of here? A lot of guys, you know, when I'm guiding on the South Holston, which I do nine months out of the year, um, I like to use... You're not up in... I ain't. I, my parents... Yeah, I, I actually have an apartment in Johnson City, Tennessee, um, and my parents are in Latrobe, and they run the shop when I'm gone. Never go pronounce that right. <laughs> my last name's even worse. It can't be worse than mine. You can read mine from there, right? Yeah, that's for real. Snow White. Yes. <laughs> Been married 14 years now. She, my wife still won't take it. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm in trouble now because the thermostat's broken back home. And I'm up here. I'm not fixing it. She's tough. And she won't take the last name. I could make fun of her all day on here. She'll never hear it. This would be the last thing she would ever listen to. I don't want to listen to a damn fly, fly podcast. <laughs> so what I would do if it's sulfur, right? Um, the Polish quills are really, really have taken off recently. They give a great segmentation for a fly body. Um, with a Coke de Leon tail, uh, medium pardo or light ginger. Um, and it's probably a Polish CDC or Trout Hunter CDC, like a Comparadon wing and a little bit of you know, Jack Mikovitz microfine dub for a, a little bit of dub right behind the CDC to prop it up. Um, and, and I like to use Benecki thread myself or Danville. Or, um, it's really, I carry them all, but it's really personal opinion, you know. How big is the shop? The shop is about what do you what would be the shop size in dimensions? How big is the shop at home? It's it's not real big but we got this isn't big stuff you need to carry. Yeah, well we got a lot of 500 SKUs and well 500 products so we probably have different sizes it'd probably be about more like 1000 SKUs. Um the baby wipes for Ben. They are. <laughs> Got to keep him fresh. We can't take him anywhere. <laughs> uh, all right, so near the shop, if someone's done fishing, where are they going for lunch? Up in Latrobe. I would recommend uh, Dino's Wings um, or Sharky's Cafe. You can't go wrong with either one. Um, what about down in the Holston after a day of rowing? Down in the Holston. Hmm. The Mad Greek is probably one of my favorites. Um, the next one would be, I would have to say, the Quaker Steak and Lube in town in Bristol is really good. It's unique. It has don't a, have those where we are. Has a has a fun crowd. Um, good people watching. Yeah. There's actually a, a little home-style cooking joint right in uh, down in Holston there. What's the name of that? Hickory Tree. Hickory Tree. i got to give a shout-out to them guys. They, oh, yeah. they're, 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 really they have a great food, and it's With cheap, burgers. and uh, you can get a heart attack really fast there. There you go. For under five bucks. <laughs> so you can't go wrong. Um, but it's, you know, I'm there. The sulfur hatch is amazing. The blueing olive hatch is amazing. The dry fly fishing can be tough at times, but um, to not have to go out west, it's one of the best places um, in the East Coast. Are you familiar with it? Yeah. Were you at the Western North Carolina show at all? 
No, I wasn't. We I did the one two my, years ago. I heard a lot about the South Holston down there. I, I got for uh, South Holston River Company. Okay. Which is uh, Patrick Folkrod is is a buddy of mine and the owner and. Uh, He's not here this year. He ain't. He ain't. Um, He's been on several times. You know Patty? Yeah. Yeah. I think I know. It's the guy who's always up here. Yeah, he's got him on a bunch. Yeah, he's a little midget-looking guy. He's I short. work. Uh, I used to work at the Orvis and Tyson, so we'd send groups down and stuff. Okay. Yeah. 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 He, he's he's real short, midgety-looking, kind of messed up looking, but he, he's a good dude. It happens. Yeah, he's he's a good dude, and and uh, we stay uh, pretty busy and looking for a great year here. Great show so far. Yeah. Where uh, can we find the Latrobe stop shop online? Any websites, social so media? We run Facebook. We run Instagram. Um, we're launching a new site here in February. It's going to be more user friendly than than it already is, and it is pretty user friendly. We're, we're making it more uh, so you can have a card, a wish list, and you know save your credit card, and and we're all verified. Make an account. You did that at the cheese shop I worked at. You yeah, call it I your mean, cheese history. It's it's just so much easier, and, and it's going to be nice. We're going to have the same photo lineup, but it's going to be we won't have to lay out everything, cram them together because we're under a certain number. But our we're under it's www.com or I'm excuse me <laughs> www.com. <laughs> it's competitiveangler.com. How'd you get that wrong? We're looking right at it. <laughs> and. <laughs> If you need the info at Competitive Angler to ask any questions, um, it's info at CompetitiveAngler.com. And where can we find you down south? And I am Jake at SouthHolstonRiverCompany.com and under South Holston Fly Shop, or South Holston River Company. I bet there's a really good southern breakfast joint before you go fishing. The Hickory Tree, <laughs> the Hickory the Tree Store. Yep. I'm so intrigued by this now. It nice. is good food and it's cheap. Yeah. You know, also, when I'm thinking about food, why doesn't the pizza place just have a truck selling pies off the truck? I know. This uh, girl well, keeps going back and forth. We that person would make some money. We got their number. And we, there should be food trucks out there. We'll get like a nice gyro. That's yeah. Maybe I'll just quit the, the this give this up. Take a food truck. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for the time. We are pretty much out of battery, so uh, we'll cut it before it cuts us off. Great. Thank you, yeah, Rob, absolutely. and I appreciate it. And right uh, hope everybody has a good time this weekend. Thank you. Had tight lines. Right on. Thank Bye bye. Okay. All right. I'm with Eddie Maddox. It's been like two years since I cast in Florida. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? Good. Are you painting at the show this year, or are you just hanging out? No, I'm socializing. I had to, to come see you and say hello. Fantastic. You and all my friends. Yeah. Yeah. That's Half of this is like me working, like the booth, but the other half is just talking, networking, catching up. Well, that's because everybody knows you, Rob, and they all have to come say hello. It's the uh, the last name that you can't forget. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so let's talk. If, if someone doesn't know you or follow you on social media, what is your niche in the fishing industry slash community? Well, I do, I'm, I'm a fine artist, and I paint an oil on linen of trout, and I'm, I'm actually branching out a bit into some other fish, game fish, but uh, usually instigated by a commission. Okay. So I'm, I'm pretty much in the water, but I also do, um, I've got an equestrian line going, um, but I've been painting for a really long time 
long, long time. <laughs> what? Uh, what's your favorite? How long? Fish? <laughs> How long? No, this isn't the Johnny Carson show. <laughs> no. it's, you've only been painting for like eighteen years because you're twenty nine. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'm forever thirty nine. Yeah, yeah. I am. I am thirty nine. And uh, yeah, yeah. Do you have a favorite species to paint? Brown trout. That just can, came right out of my mouth. God, I love and it. We can get some of your products on Vitavu. Um, Let's see, Vitavu. I'm with the Montana Fly Company, uh, Stealth Craft Boats, Vincognito. Patagonia sometimes runs uh, some images of mine. Uh, Crokies. And uh, God, I hope I didn't leave anybody out. So that's a lot of companies. And you also, people oh. may know you. Oh, we got another one. American Dakota. I've got rugs now. Forgot about that. That's pretty rugs sweet. And we do a brown trout rug in our house. Yeah, I, I tie have, the room I have together. a brown. There's a brown, a golden, a, a brook trout, and then um, a rainbow. I and should, those are in Cabela's. I should do brook trout because that's our Commonwealth fish of Virginia. You can't oh, say yeah. state fish of Virginia. We're not a state. Yeah. Commonwealth. Yeah. So, some probably be... Uh, some listeners might know you from the bugs. Oh gosh, the bug art! I did yeah. that ten years ago, and that video that I made was—I was completely acting. I, I, it, it, it's definitely a show. Um, but yeah, it's a good time to ride the motorcycle and kill insects and turn them into artwork, and then sell them all. Little inventive. Uh, but yeah, that was a decade. This coming up on a decade ago. That's the biggest fly. That's from the Tom Rosenbauer Meow. giant fly sale. Hold on. Yeah. Do you need to really walk around with that all? That's gorgeous. We have Matt Hart from Three Ton. He's got the biggest nymph I've seen. Yeah, that's a big one. Holy shnikes. Just scratching the surface, man. I'll go bigger. Matter. I like that. Did you make that? Yeah. Fantastic. You want to say hi? We're doing a podcast. Oh, yeah, well, hi. yeah. Three Todd's been on before, but if you want to talk about what you do. Yeah, we're calling these the Forge Fly, and we're commemorating people's favorite patterns out of steel. So we go big, try to imitating the fly tying materials out of rigid metals. Some of them have six or seven different metals from brass, copper, stainless, steel. I thought but, that was bike chain at first, but it's like nuts and bolts. and. Yeah, so that's supposed to be the peacock curl and... The, the dry flies with the hackles to get that metal to look fluffy. What do you charge for one of these? This one's 900 But I like to do the personal commissions with the story. Yeah. And you got the, you know... That hook looks fishable, too, for sharks. Doesn't it? Yeah. That's been the running joke all day. It's been a good one. You can make a gaff out of that. Gaffs all day. Yeah. <laughs> Gaffs all day. You mentioned Tom Rosenbauer? Because he saw these on a video, and he he needs one. He will eventually get one. All right. Is this his podcast? Is he... No, this is mine. Oh, cool, man. Thanks. You've been on it before. Yes? Yeah. I'll I'm... come by tomorrow. We'll get your whole story. Cool. Yeah, I'm at 310. Uh, we just scratched the surface, and everyone's reactions from here. And Orvis had me over in Manchester. How did you make this? We haven't seen this. Just I'm curious to see what you must have a big arm underneath that shirt. So this thing is huge. It's on a rock. It's tiny. Yeah. The arm the shirt is on yeah. fire right now. I'm ready to switch. I tell Here we you, go. this man is built. 
<laughs> really oh, that's dope. not true. Yeah. I figured I'd, I'd turn some heads though if I took took a walk with it. Absolutely. We have Trent. What up, Trent? It's amazing. Makes me want to go nymphing for sharks. Yes. Yes. You should do one oh. of these and call it, you could call it my ex-girlfriend and sell it. I think a lot of guys would buy it. That would be so funny. just did a post. If you did copper, it would totally, like the greens in it, the, the way it would oxidize, it. would be really cool. Yeah. Ex-girlfriend, yeah. you just nailed that. I know, my ex, well, I might paint one that says my ex-boyfriend, but I don't know, my clientele's men, so I don't think I'm going to do one called my ex-girlfriend. <laughs> I mean, it's more or less an anchor, you could call it a wife. Can no, I just say I, that? Matt, oh, I, Matt I'm going to leave that to it's you. Do, do one that's got some nice legs and call it my ex-girlfriend and put it on a hook. There you go. Nice legs. Yeah. Nice legs. That's all we need. There you cool. go. Maybe see you tomorrow. Absolutely. Yeah. So where's home for you? It sounds like you got a Milwaukee accent. Nashville, Tennessee. Hot chicken? Yes. Just, I don't eat chicken. That's yard bird. Yard bird. If yeah. you were going to get some hot chicken down there, where's a good place? Gosh. Um... Puckets. Need to go to Puckets. How's the music scene? Uh, I actually live in downtown Nashville. It's a massive music scene. It's incredible. Lots of artists everywhere. So you're in a very cool location to do what you do. I'm in the heart of Nashville, yeah. Yeah. Downtown. I've never been down there. We almost were going to go for spring break, but y'all know we're going to Montreal now. That's already been discussed in the podcast. Oh, wow. Montreal. I have to visit the Virginia Fly Fishing and Wine Festival. Going to Montreal. That's so cool. Trent's going to be at the Virginia show. Free koozies? I'll be doing headstands and push-ups. Yes. Trent's the Bethesda fishing manager for the Orvis Company. Nice. We are way back. You're VP of the Tidal Potomac Fly Rodders? That's true, and I can also do over seven push-ups, and I can do a headstand for over two and a half seconds. One day we're going to get his fly fishing in Columbia story. Wow. He's knocked off one of my bucket lists. Or more. Yeah, baby. <laughs> How about them Red Wings? Uh, third greatest team in the universe ever. And the players go steelhead fishing. Did you know that? No. Datsu is a steelhead, like, hardcore steelhead fisherman. Pavel Datsu. Pavel Datsu, big time. Yeah. Yeah, Ovi's never called up. I, I know how to say that in Russian. I married into it. It's pretty good. Yeah. My father-in-law wanted to eat the carp I caught in Colorado that was bleeding from between its scales. I'm like, you can't do that. That's a big-time no-no. Yeah. yeah. So uh, let's go back to... Oh, they're good. those dogs are so sweet. So oil is your favorite medium on canvas, you said? It's the only medium okay. on canvas. And how yeah. big, like, when you do an original print, are they different sizes? And do you make your own, um, like, canvases? Because our neighbor's an artist... We right. just got some custom work from her. Sasha? Just, she's no, she's a, Sasha's six. <laughs> oh, you're talking about Brienne. Yeah, how's she doing? Oh, they moved. I don't know. We uh, live, we live in a, you've been in the house. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're out in the burbs. It's like four years uh, ago. So our neighbor's an artist, and it took six inebriated adults one afternoon to hang the artwork. Nobody, it was like one person couldn't do it, and then two people, it was crooked. And then a the third person, too many cooks in the kitchen. A fourth person... Before I knew it, there were six people hanging this piece of art in our house. Was but, the art well hung? Quite well hung. Okay. Yeah. What's the artwork? Modern abstract. I'll show you. It's our walls are just barren. My what? I have all these trout prints, and uh, 
I got this awesome one. I don't have any of yours yet. Yeah. But there was, I think it's uh, like Mary Clatt sold these awesome watercolor trouts at Target about Ooh. 18 years ago. And I got this rainbow trout and I was just allowed to hang it up in the basement. Nice. Nice. But if I tell my wife, I'm like, yo, I got AD on the podcast. We need to hang up her artwork. She's in. She'd be like, heck yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, they vary in size. Some are 22 by 28, 18 by, mostly 18 by 24. I don't give anyone an option. It's a limited edition. Okay. So. And what's the turnaround for uh, a custom artwork? Um, What's that? Someone found it. You got mine. I lost my, I'm official now. It ships in a, it ships within a week. So, yeah. That's like faster than me selling flies. Yeah, well, it's a reproduction. It's okay. not an original. Well, if someone wants an original, so you do the original, and then they can buy the prints from that. Yeah, yeah, when they're available. Let's yeah. say we have the internet thanks to Al Gore. Where could somebody find you? To buy if these? you have what with the internet that Al Gore invented? Yeah. So Where if, we're on, if we're on Instagram, how would we find you? Well, I, I think that if you go to the internet and type in fly fishing art... You're the number one? I'm close to Heck it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I I think I'm up there. My ranking's up at, you know... Oh, yeah. One, two, one. My computer keeps trying to go back to Yahoo search, and I change it. I'm like, no, we're a Google search engine. Yeah, one. Google. I just yeah, do Google, yeah. Yeah, Windows 10. Yeah. You're going under anyway. No, no, no. Yeah. So it's AD Maddox on on uh, Instagram. What about Facebook? Yep. A- it's uh, AD Maddox Studios on Facebook. And then I think it's AD Maddox on Twitter. If you go to my website, admaddox.com, then you've got all my links there to link up on social media. Fantastic. And I post every day something. Yeah. All right. It looks like it's happy hour, so let's scatter yeah. like uh, like cockroaches you turn on the light. Thanks, yeah. AD. Thanks. All right. Bonsoir. Bonsoir. How are we doing this evening? We're doing pretty good. And yeah. you all are not from New Jersey, obviously. No, we're not at all. I'm with my uh, friend Marie-Ève. And uh, yeah, we are here in the, the Somerset Fly Show to have fun and meet new people. And what company do you represent when you're here? Um, I represent, uh, well, I'm an ambassador for Stage Rio and Runnington. Uh, so I, I'm here more, you know, they didn't... Socializing now. Yeah, socializing, right. exactly. I'm not in the booth, but I'm just walking around, walking around. and yeah, have fun. Very cool. Y'all missed the oysters, by the way, up here tonight. Uh, yeah. I heard that, actually. Those oysters were You so don't know good. how, uh, how yeah. we would like to be there. Like, yeah. 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 Hold on a second. Where are you from? Quebec City. Okay, there's no more left. <laughs> so what are your fisheries back home? Uh, back home, if I'm like just like right in front of my house, I have bass. I can go for a walleye, pike. Do you call walleye perch up there, too? Perch or pickerel? Pickerel, yes. yeah. That's it. Yeah, pickerel. Uh, actually, we, we call it uh, Dory because uh, we are a French province, part of Canada. So, we, yeah, we don't really use pickerel. It's mostly walleye. I watch Master Chef Canada, and they're like, here's a pickerel. And they put out a walleye. And I'm like, what? So, yeah, there's a... How do you call it? Okay. They, they put them in our river in DC in the 70s. Okay. They're very rare where we live. 
Yeah, but yeah. So right in Montreal, I would fish for th for that. Or if I want to you know, do a little bit of driving, I can go uh, to, for example, the Adirondack Park. I know it's in the the U.S., uh, but it's a very pretty place where I can go for trout. And in Quebec, we have that particular fish, which is uh, you know really uh, well known. It's the Atlantic salmon. A lot of people come from all over the, the world to, uh, to fish for those pretty fish and come in those wonderful rivers. I like gin awesome. clear water. It's totally beautiful. I never get in fish clear water, so that sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, that, that's very pretty. Yeah. So we can go fish for for Atlantic salmon, but it's quite a drive from Montreal. It, 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 uh, at least five hours. Five hours for Atlantic salmon sounds doable for me. Yeah, sounds perfect. Like you can do that for on the weekend, two days, and come back, and no problem. No. So what kind of what's your uh, sage rod that you're gonna throw for Atlantic? Uh, what outfit is your uh, preference? Yeah, I kind of I really really like the sage one nine weight. That's what I use for. Yeah, nine. I know. But it's light because it's a sage one. Yeah, but I, I choose that one because it helps me. Like I can do anything. Uh, like if I'm fishing for bass and then I see a pike, well, I can manage to to catch a pike with a nine weight. And I I did that choice just because uh, I knew I wanted to do some salt water too. And you know when when you have only one rod, which one you which weight you're gonna right. you're gonna use? That, that's then, around DC. Yeah. You could do everything on a nine foot five weight, but then again, there are fish that are the size of me in the river. What yeah. happens if you accidentally hook one of those? Well, the fish you've been here are all full water fish. Yeah. And are you using a nine foot nine? They're saltwater yeah. fish. Okay. Yeah. Now, what's your what do you got? What like flies would you use for Atlantics up there? Uh, for Atlantics, uh, we have specific fly for Atlantics. It's very Atlantic salmon flies. Like we fish with the. Uh, like blue charm, uh, and we call it, you know, the dry fly. We have the bumber, and you know, it's very different, different things. Yeah. So you, you caught Atlantics on top water. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Is that just an adrenaline rush? Yeah, and it's tough. Like the toughest part is to hook, to set the hook, really, because they are very, you know, very slow, and you have to wait until they go down and then set the hook. They're gonna jump right away. I mean, that's their name. Yeah, they do jump. Yeah. Jump and after that go deep, but you have to wait like at least three seconds before you use the hook. So what kind of tip would you use for those? Uh, a lot of people use different things. Some people like to use only a, a nine feet of mono, but I really like uh, the the tapered leader. I think that that's the best. So anything that finish around fifteen pounds, that's okay. good. How big do they get? Uh, well. You, you you have uh, the grills. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, I think that that's how you call it in English. Grill? No. Grill. Oh, yeah, that's a French word. <laughs> yeah, we, that's a French word, but uh, words, but I don't don't know if you call that like this in English. Grill. Well, whatever. It's like a small salmon. Okay. Uh, around like Jack. No, um, no, it's like a, a salmon that went in the... It's quite a grill in English. Grill. Oh, I was right. <laughs> oh, grills. Grills. Yeah, grills. Okay. So right. Rob, what's going on, dude? Yeah. Nice to meet you. Yeah. We met, we met already. We had an interview yeah. together this afternoon. So I've got my Montreal eating spots. Yes. We're, I, we're, we're getting together. We're going out. Yeah, 
Yeah, you won. Yeah, you won. You added your boots, so I didn't recognize you. He had a fantastic whiskey today. Oh, yeah. Yes. That was. It's all gone now. Oh, I do have. Oh, you got one of the bottles. I'm getting the little bottle. I sold a whole bottle. Yeah. So I was going to take that one. Now I can use the little one. This is now a tradition because we know. Hold this for a second. Hold that. Okay. I was going to take that one. I got permission from the Icelandic guys, but I'll take the little one. It's so horrible, who paid right? for all the alcohol? I don't know. Uh, it was uh, Crosby. So he's my old boss. Okay. I, li- I lived my car and worked for him like 12 years Twelve years ago. Okay. So, yeah, a long time ago. The man is a legend. So I don't... Huge respect for Crosby. Yeah. I call him Coach. Okay. He's coach or the boss. Huge dude. You might have seen him. He uh, brought the oysters from. They were a mile away from his house. So, the, David, are there any David more in Bishop, there? David Bishop was Crosby's best man at his daughter's wedding. It's like this huge dude. Wow. That guy was like black, like blonde beard. You didn't recognize me. I was like scared he was going to punch me in the face. <laughs> you have a funny, like, you have a funny accent. I don't recognize you either. Dude. What is that? So this is Canadian Club 100% rye, delicious. Too. A little nib. Yes, please. Yeah, yeah. You gotta have it. You gotta have it. That's cool. Still recording. Get a van. Still recording. Oh, they know. So you gotta present that to Crosby. Yeah. Crosby's not gonna know about this. He was my boss a long time ago. So how, how did you work? Sorry, the podcast. So they can listen. How the hell did you work under Crosby? I'm so curious. So I was a high school teacher uh, for a couple years until I found out that teaching wasn't about teaching. It was about just making the past American test. Oh yeah. That they can learn biology after they graduated. My job was just to pass them along. So I, I'd always wanted to, you know, I tried guiding Alaska for years through high school and college. And then I put out like an ad, I want to guide out west for the summer. Just do it. I was newlywed. My wife's like, go out west and like have fun. I'll come visit you. Because her parents so wanted to buy a place in Breckenridge. So I, so I, I hooked up with Crosby online through the Fly Fisherman Magazine yeah. website yeah. forum. And he hired me and I drove from D.C. to Colorado and uh, lived in my car and was looking at places for my in-laws to live. And they came out the last week I was there after two and a half months and bought a condo. Skiing and ski out two blocks from the river. Uh, I don't ski, but the fishing's Dude, that is a good way to do it. Yeah, so I've known Crosby now for, I mean... A lot, like I said, my business card, I had one chin back then. My job in that picture was to go to a pond that we charged like 400 a day to fish per person. But one of the ponds was drying up from the drought. So our job was to catch these 30-inch rainbows and move them in a refrigerated cooler tank in a truck up to the other ponds. And they're like, the owners were like, well, you know, we'll give you some... You know, we'll grill you some burgers and give you some Budweiser. And I'm like, you do not have to pay me to catch 30-inch rainbows. And uh, I just tied a size 4 streamer hook, like three inches of black soccer strip and dumbbell eyes, and caught one of the biggest rainbows of all time on a four-way. We put it in the cooler and moved it upstream. And, yeah. We did that in Chile. And then that night, I slept in my car because I was living in my car. 
the mountain lions came off the mountain were trying to eat the horses on the ranch. So I had mountain lions running around my car at 10 o'clock at night, and it was a little scary. And my fly rods were outside against uh, the car. Something ate all my fly lines. Like some animal, a rodent came up and just ate all the plastic line off my reels. Like five reels. I don't know. There's Crosby. So, uh, social media, where can we find you online? Do you have an Instagram, wait, Facebook? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram. It's uh, My name is Flyfish Sab. And uh, you can find me on Facebook. I have a SAB. Yeah, you have. I have a Facebook page too. Uh, Sabrina Barnes, Paishamush slash Fly Fishing. Um, and uh, yeah. Have you always I, been a fisher? Uh, yes, yeah, since I'm two years old, but I fly fish since eight years now. Wow. Yep. Just like a family thing, growing up out there. Uh, well, yeah, for. Uh, <laughs> it's getting crunch. There's some dirty words out there. Yeah, Producer exactly. Jason might have to take these out. Yeah, we're gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go and help my friend, I guess. <laughs> yeah, she might need rescue. Right. Well, thank okay. you so much for the yeah, time, and uh, you. hopefully your knees and feet hold out with all that walking in the show. Thank you. Right, cheers. All right, so it's uh, geez, one fifteen a.m. Sunday morning. I know I'm gonna feel terrible because I'm not gonna sleep tonight. I am leaving the DoubleTree Hotel, and I can't walk through the fly show building because that's locked but I'm gonna have to walk all the way around all of it so tonight was uh show ended hung out in the lobby of the hotel talked to a bunch of more people continued talking to AD Maddox talked to Kiki Galvin uh some guys that work in West Virginia at some lodges and then I was invited upstairs to a little gathering where we consumed I don't know how many dozens of fresh oysters from Maine. There was a selection of Maine beers to pair with it. And the Icelandic guides, who I hope to get on tomorrow, if not an entire podcast in the future, um, they brought Aquavit, which I'm actually used to drinking through my wife's work, working with the uh, the Nordics and Scandinavians. Uh, but there was this other drink they brought that... Imagine... You eat. All right, I'm going to go outside the fly fishing building now. I have to walk around the whole thing. (sighs) And I'm tired because I've been on my feet now for, I don't know, a long time. It's weird. I'm out here, the only one. And it actually snowed today. There were flurries when I went out to my car to get my cash box. So it has technically now snowed every show I've been here. Um, so the last couple of interviews you heard were up in the room, may have been a little loud, but there were oysters from Maine that were absolutely ridiculous. The term, you know, to compare them between what a Virginia oyster would be and a Maine oyster would be Merois, which would be the alternate of a terroir, which is how you can tell wines from one location to another based on climate, soil, etc., I've never had these briny oysters before. And if you're an Anthony Bourdain fan, his first um, culinary experience that enlightened him to everything was the first time he ate a fresh oyster off the coast of France. And these were the briniest, just most delicious. They didn't need lemon. They didn't need any mignette. 
Crosby brought them. They're fantastic. In addition, I'm like a quarter mile in now. In addition to, and there's all sorts of crazy uh, custom license plates like hex hatch, tight lines, double haul. Some nerds got Ferox One. Who is that guy? So yeah, all these crazy beers to pair with them. Um, met people from all over the world. And I guess it's kind of part of um, just working with Crosby now for 10, 12 years. Um, that you just kind of meet people through events like this. And you get to kind of, you know, just go to events like that. It was pretty cool. Just meeting people from all over the world, discussing fishing, setting up podcasts in the future, setting up happy hour events in April in Canada, and really just trying to avoid drinking the green NyQuil tasting salty nastiness that is this stuff. And I asked the guys, I mean, it's nasty, but they gave me a bottle of it to take home. So I'm going to subject some of our home guests to this disgusting liquor when they come over. All right, I'm in my car. Woo, that was a long walk. <sighs> I'm going to go back and make my last macaroni and cheese and wake up in like three hours and go to breakfast. Oh, my goodness. Today they had biscuits. I should say yesterday they had biscuits. So uh, hopefully they have those tomorrow. I need a big coffee. I'm tying in the morning. I will put all this together for you on the drive home. Shush, FM Radio. You're too loud. I hope not. Hello. All right, we have Zeb and Andrea. What's going on? What's, What's going up? on? How's the show going? It's awesome. I love um, it. Oh, come on long. now. It's fun. It's I, I just drag him all. He drag him feet hurt. I know. Mine are killing me, too. I skipped boots today and decided to go with the trainers. There you go. Yeah, those look more comfortable. Yeah, these are. Both your bags look extremely heavy. Well, that's because I have my coat in there because it's really cold outside. And... stashed it in my booth. Oh, well, now next, you tell next me. Time. After you said you're not going back to your booth. Yeah, all my stuff is still over there. No, I just use it as a bumper in case people get too close. That works. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, how's the, the Trout Club been this year? The Trout Club has been awesome. I love it. I th- actually think next year the Yellow Creek Trout Club is going to have a booth here at Somerset, so anyone can come check it out and get more information on it, but it's been going really well this year. I tied flies for her next time she fishes. Thank you. All right, so oh, Snow White cool. Bacon Flies, heavy weighted. Oh, sweet. Uh, the new Dragonfly and some Damsel Moves. Try Thank out there. you so much. Awesome. You need some flies to try too? I'm good. All right. I barely fish. I haven't caught a fish since August. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's, that's awful. I went fishing the day before I came here. Nice. <laughs> and I lost my phone. Yeah. Oh, no. Kind of got dropped in the water a bit, but, you know, that happens. Um, what's your social media for people that are just listening to this? Social media? Yeah, where can we find you? Uh, Instagram at Andrea Larco or Facebook at Art by Andrea Larco. And on Etsy? Etsy is andrealarco.etsy.com. That's E-T-S-Y. How are the snowman custom rods coming? Starting to do my own tapers. Starting to move off in other directions. Uh, more components, stuff like that. Still doing custom rods, but I think once I finish out this order book, uh, I'm just going to build what I want and put up for sale. 
you've been getting some more of those interesting reels that I've never seen anywhere. Oh, yeah. I like reels. I just had a chance at three Colton spools, but no reels. I was like, oh, I, was, I gave him back. Like, what, I don't need three spools. Yeah, why not? Yeah. I picked her up a reel yesterday for Valentine's Day. There you go. And uh, it was a reel I wouldn't have minded owning, so I didn't have any aversions to picking it up. Oh, it's beautiful. It's an old Hardy from 1930. Wow. A perfect. That's pre-war Hardy. Cool. With an agate line guard on it. Oh, it's beautiful. I'm, I'm super excited. picture that on Instagram. Yeah, it's not in my bag. I, uh... And one more time, where do we find Jessica online? Um, at www.jessicacallahan.com or uh, Instagram is Jessica Callahan Fly Fishing and my page is just Jessica Callahan Fine Art at Facebook. Very cool. Yeah, keep an eye out for Jessica because within the next year uh, you're going to say, man, I should have got some of her artwork when I could afford it. <laughs> you are too good to me. Thank you. <laughs> Do you know what a podcast yeah. is? <laughs> All right, so who, who are we talking to these days? Leif Mermagen from Streamwalker Nets. And you're out of Rochester? Rochester, New York, yeah, right up uh, just center of Lake Ontario, right underneath it. How'd you get into net building? Uh, actually, I just uh, first and foremost wanted a net that I couldn't find that anybody built, so I uh, started playing around, created my own, and uh, went from there. Tell us about the one you're holding. Uh, this one is our uh, Lake Run model, which is actually why I created the line. I wanted a solid steelhead net that I could walk and wade with, um, something that was lightweight, you know, durable, you know, and, and just a, a form and function all together. Uh, and I'm always known how to woodwork, work wood, and we went from there. And you need to get the, the ghost bags. Absolutely, we do, we can do ghost bags, we can do black bags, we can do custom mesh if you want to keep them ultra lightweight. Some guys still like that. The you know the ghost bags got a little more weight to them, um, but they're great. The ghost bags have been wonderful. You know, no snagging hooks, no uh, no screwing around. And they're how, um, how big of a fish can you put in there? The net itself will hold yes, easily a 13 pound fish. Um, you know, once you get up beyond that, you're going to want to be real careful. Uh, we do make bigger solid nets that'll you know hold. Pretty much anything we have to worry about catching. Are you online? Any social media people can follow you? Absolutely. You can catch me on Instagram, Facebook, all at Streamwalker Nets. All right. Right on. And where'd the name come from besides fishing on streams? Walking in streams. That's it. Uh, hunting around for a solid name. It, uh, it sounded, I don't know. Like Skywalker. Good smooth. There you go. Right? We'll run with it. Sounded good to me and I ran with it. Very cool. All right. Thanks for the talk. But thanks, Zeb, for introducing us. Yeah, beautiful. Thanks, Zeb. This podcast is fueled by Ayobio, purveyors of locally made, well, at least for me, traditional South African meats, including biltong. Use promo code Rob Snow White for 10% off your next order. You can reach Ayobio at ayoba-yo.com, and the promo code is R-O-B-S-N-O-W-H-I-T-E. Radio show. Do you want to be interviewed also? No, thank you. Okay. So I'm with Santiago, and what booth are you with? C17. We are with Nervous Waters Fly Fishing. We own nine lodges in um, Argentina, Chile, and Bahamas. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we come all the way from Argentina to try to represent our brands. You know. Fantastic. Yeah. So we are owners, no? That's an important part of the... Absolutely. Yeah. So being down there, are there fly shops and stuff to support your industry? Or do you guys have to like import, order everything? 
We need, to, yeah, we normally need to um, deal with distributors among Argentina and uh, as well also abroad in the Bahamas. I mean, we that's like a different business unit where we can deal straight with the U.S., okay? But in Argentina, yes, normally it's between dealers, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So what's our, let's go with, uh, how about Tierra del Fuego? What's the fishing like down there? So the fishing, I mean, the main uh, species that we um, specify are the giant serum brand trout in Rio Grande, okay? Um, that's private waters. It's about 60 miles of the Rio Grande, which is the river where uh, the biggest serums are caught in the world. Wow. Okay, and uh, we fish fresh fish. The season starts on um, early January and goes all the way till early April. Although the runs, they start coming in in mid-November, mid okay? okay? And they go all the way till May, okay? Wow. I mean, yeah, even in late season, you can catch fresh fish. What's the rod setup you would use for those? I know it's big, open, windy water. Yeah, so depending on the lodge, I mean, we have one lodge that is um, on the proximity with the ocean that has wider and longer pools. And then we have another lodge that is on the middle, upper level of the Rio Grande where the river has more curves so that's the I mean the middle and upper water is better um, suited for single 10 foot rods and smaller spay rods like 7 weights and 11.9 foot or 12.5 whatsoever on the lower lodge that fishes longer pools and wider ones we fish mostly spay rods and 200 rods 13 foot, 13.5, 8 and 9 weights as well, yeah. Even 12.9 on a not windy day, I mean. And would you use the same flies if you were going to go to Scotland or Iceland? Um, yeah, you could. I mean, you could. Normally, we um, use the typical stuff. I mean, a lot of nymphing, a lot of um, swinging streamers. I mean, the techniques, they can vary a lot depending on the time of the day. Um, normally we're fishing sinking lines or floating lines depending on the conditions of the river during the last years and probably taking into account the warming and uh, the weather issues that the you know world is facing um, the winters were not as good so we are starting the season with low water conditions so you know that means that we are fishing light you're I mean. an American man that that's made up <laughs> it's not getting warmer. <laughs> it's a myth. <laughs> it's not a myth at all, and we are, yeah, we are facing it. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's getting more and more challenging. Um, that means that we, you know, where we normally start fishing with heavier lines, and the river has been wider whatsoever. We start the season with the river like this year, that is a very, you know. Uh, a different condition and starting like the season with low water levels that is basically where the river should be high and it's the melting of all the snow that is coming from the Andes so you know I mean but the fish are still running I mean there is a huge population of sea runs that is estimated in 70,000 more or less the fish that are running considering the University of Montana that has been doing a, a study there like six five years ago and we have been keeping that study with you know our local government so uh yeah i mean it's huge fish yeah and in terms of the flies sorry i mean we use a lot of articulated leeches we use big nymphs um you know prince bithead you know uh copper jones in huge you know uh, size numbers um 
colors, black, you know, orange, chartreuse, you know, anything works. I mean, a nymphing upstream is also a possibility, and we do that a lot, and we are starting to do that more and more, and it's a technique that has been, yeah, working a lot as well. All right, and then next up, we see Dorado. That's going to be the northern part of the country? Yes, so Argentina, it's, you know, the sixth largest country in the world. It's huge and long and wide as well, and we have all the weathers. So Patagonia is divided on southern and northern Patagonia. Normally on Patagonia you can do the classical, you know, rainbow and brown trout fishing on all Patagonia. Then if you go down south, you can fish for the sea runs at Tierra del Fuego, which is an island closest to the Antarctica. And then if you go, if you move up on the country, uh, that's where we get the golden freshwater dorado. That is our native species that we have been fishing forever. They're and just they're nuts, right? Like they're brutes with strength. The snap ten weights. For me, it's the strongest strike that I have um, fished on a, on a, on a, well, on, yeah, I mean, with the peacock bass, the tucunare. Yeah, those two are probably the strongest fish in terms of how they hit the fly. We do a lot of um, floating fishing, a lot of side casting. Um, we are based at the Vera Marshland. This is the second biggest freshwater reservoir in the world after the Pantanal. So it's more than 3.5 million acres, yeah, and it's a really pristine area, lots of fish, it's a nursery, we have like a migration of fish, they spawn there, so it's pretty cool, yeah, very cool. And then on the Paraná side, we also cater for the Paku and the Pirapita, that are our other native species. So they are very fun to catch, they take dry flies, the Paku, they take fruit patterns. So, yeah, a lot of side casting for those. It's very fun when you're wanting to take a break from the Dorado. <laughs> and I'm guessing after a long day, big, bold red wine, steaks, just really hearty, good food. For sure, yeah. <laughs> I mean, in Argentina, you don't I mean... You beef when you come up here, do you? We, I hope you don't. Not at all. I mean, mainly seafood and other stuff. But <laughs> uh, So, last week... A truck carrying red Skittles. Do you know the candy Skittles? No. What or, is that? It's like a chewy candy. Okay. The red ones taste like cherry. Okay. For some reason, the factory couldn't use it. We're talking like a tanker truck full. It flipped over on the road, and there were red candies everywhere. Okay. They were headed to feed for cow food. The cows were going to eat the candy. <laughs> like, who does that? It's absolutely gross. It is. We're talking it about is the difference between American beef and where... You guys get to eat in town south. Did you hear about the truck that flipped over with the red Skittles last week? <laughs> it was going to feed cow. Oh. Incredible. Yeah. Bone fishing. Yep. I read all this stuff. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, and then well, we, we also um, work like a pretty nice setting that it's close to Buenos Aires. That it's on the Parana Delta. Easy that is and easy out. Easy and in, easy out. For a flight from New York, how long would that take? No, it's a 10-hour overnight flight. Okay. Yeah. Um, all the flights, they live normally between 7 and 11, 30 p.m. in the U.S. normally, and they get in the morning early. So, yeah, you arrive into Buenos Aires. That is our main hub, and from there, you transfer via flights or via driving to the different spots in Argentina, different provinces. I mean, you fish with Oliver? Oh, yeah. How cool is that? He's, they're fishy people. <laughs> We did a few trips with him. That's awesome. <laughs> and then you guys have yeah. bonefish. Where do you do your bonefish guiding? So bonefishing, it's yeah mainly 
Oliver's stuff, okay? But yeah, we own two lodges. We own one lodge in Great Tobacco Island on the Marls, and we own another lodge that is based out of South Andros. Can you explain um, the Marls for somebody that doesn't know? Ooh. I'm not familiar a little bit, but it's just like a gigantic flat. It's a huge flat that uh, it's like a kind of labyrinth of uh, mangroves and skinny water. I mean, it's all skinny. Um, it's huge. Um, it's full of fish. It's also like a kind of a nursery. I mean, there is a lot of spawning that is going on there as well. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's a great location to catch yeah bonefish. Are you, are you I mean, familiar with the current? They're, they're changing the laws down there. We are. They're, I mean, I I'm, keep reading about it, but I haven't gone in depth. Yeah, we. Th- th- there are some laws that are changing. Again, I mean, he would be the guy. Yeah, Oliver would be the the guy to talk about because he spends six months of the year there so he knows everything about it but yeah they are changing a little bit there is a new enforcement to have a fishing license for every customer and every owner of a boat there in the bahamas so we are dealing with it it's uh 20 dollars a week i think 70 for the year or 15 per day okay and uh yeah i mean that's it basically yeah what's a good meal after bone fishing Oof. I would I conch love fritters. I love conch fritters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I ate a ton yeah. of oysters last night. I, I would, I would say also a tuna beef. You know, that's also one of my favorites, yeah. Okay. Snapper, kuda, mahi mahi. How often do you get to go to all these different spots? I travel probably two months a year, Fantastic. so at least it's one or two trips to the Bahamas, and the rest during our season that starts in November. It's counter season for you guys, so that's when we start going, coming and going, and we do a little bit of everything. But yeah, I would say two months a year, yeah, and a lot of yeah. I mean, a lot of traveling that has not to do with fishing, like now. I mean, you know, going to the shows and. Your yeah, knees and being ankles there. holding up on this? Oh. You've got a nice spongy floor here. <laughs> I've been enjoying our talk that my, my feet feel much better. True. I'm going to enjoy my four-hour drive home in the car. I'm like, oh, I'm sitting down. All right, where can we find you online? Websites, social media? So website is uh, nervouswaters.com. Okay, and uh, then we have individual websites for each of our lodges. So abacolodge.com for the Bahamas, Bears Lodge. You know, uh, .com, and then we have uh, Pira Lodge for Golden Freshwater Dorado, Villa, Villa Maria Lodge, and Cautapen. They all have their individual websites, but at nervouswaters.com you can yeah, find everything. Yeah. Did you just say the P word? Pira. I thought you said No. <laughs> no? I don't want to say that too loud. This is kids listen. Uh, it sounded like you said a bad word. All right, and do you have your Pira. own social media accounts that people can follow? Uh, yes, it's Santi Siever. Okay, so S S A N T S E E V I, no V E R Siever double E. It's not as easy. Right. <laughs> and that's Instagram. That's yeah. Okay. What I'm normally using. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Would I bother uh, Oliver? I ask him some questions. Yeah. You want to talk about the the new laws going down? You got a minute? I, I mean, I. No. Yeah. I don't want to put you on the spot. Yeah. All right. I've caused enough trouble there. All right. Everything's going good? Everything's great. All right. Yeah. What's your next article in Fly Fisherman? You can't let those secrets out. Uh, you know, I just had an incredible musky experience with the Blaine Chocolate, so that's coming out pretty soon. Yeah. He's blessed with the fishing he has. He's dialed. Virginia. Yeah, he's got it going on. Yeah. He's definitely got it figured out. Very cool. All right. 
Yeah, they should have you write longer. <laughs> they're, they're fascinating articles. Oh man, it's probably my fault because it's a it's not my forte. Man, it's a lot of work. So right. that's yeah. why I do this because I don't have to worry about writing and grammar. Yeah, I can just we can just talk and very cool. All right, how's your show going? You know, it's been a good turnout. This is always a pretty good show. Good weather, so it's been productive, no doubt. Very cool. All right, we'll keep it up. We got a whole twelve minute interview here, so perfect. Get you guys some web traffic. Thanks. Cheers. We're now at Fish Pond, which is always just something new and innovative. I'm assuming you guys won a bunch of awards that I cast last year. Got some. Uh, we got eco-friendly, so all of our fabric we're using recycled nylon fishing nets. Um, obviously, a really cool story, but more importantly, a bomb-proof fabric that is doing the right thing. So, a lot of our line. We've got our um, new piece right here. It's kind of our Thunderhead submersible duffel. So, you know, it has a 1680 really bomb-proof double-sided TPU fabric. We put a T-zip zipper on it, so fully submersible, fully airtight, molded bottom on it. Um, just kind of a great carry-on piece, but also doubles as an awesome boat bag whenever you get to wherever you're going. Rope handles, and uh, yeah, just a great carry-on piece. Jump off a boat and use that for flotation. Yeah, no, you can use it. Don't, don't quote me, but doubles as a, uh, a life jacket, so life vest. And just got tested by uh, Outside Magazine as the most bomber duffel ever tested, so pretty ringing endorsement. Yeah. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, should be a great piece. One of my favorite that I've been using for about two years with a prototype. So, uh, it's always it. fun. You get to try this stuff out first. Yeah, you got you to gotta sample it and make sure it works and make sure it's functional right. and, uh, yeah, keep it up to spec. So, How are you doing down there? Say hi. Holding down the, holding down the fort there. Right. Uh, so let's talk about the new bags. Yeah, like I so, said, it looks like what Indiana Jones would wear. Yeah, so we've got a couple new uh, kind of wax canvas pieces we added to our line. So kind of classic look with a little bit more of a you know technical feature. We put YKK Aqua Seal zippers on them, so they're kind of water water resistant zippers. Um, super functional. Put kind of an FP um, FP, so that stands for fish pond. Kind of a western western theme to them. But a um, couple new luggage pieces, a new tote, and um, yeah, just kind of a classic spin on a bag, but been really well received and doing well so yeah and let's talk about your chacos chacos so we're all fans of chacos but your chacos uh you can't get anywhere else you can't so you can only get them through basically an authorized fish pond dealer um we worked hard with uh kind of doing a collaboration with chaco um basically wanted to improve their current sandal obviously everyone's used to using chacos we also partnered up with western rivers um so we're giving five dollars per pair sold back to western rivers 250 per pair of flip-flops um, basically, we put on our own brown trout webbing. Um, obviously, I, I'm a little biased, but I like the design a lot. And then we also used a Vibram Mega Grip sole. So basically, a really, really tacky. Chaco doesn't even sell that same sole on any of their sandals. Non-marking, really grippy sole. So basically, physically the best wading sandal out there. Um, standard retail, just like Chaco, 110 for the Z2s, 70 for the flips, but the awesome flips, edition. And the best flip-flop out there. Yeah, we all live in them, so yeah. yeah, it's a great addition to the line. And then I got the um, so the Nick Wax sandal cleaner. It's like yeah, a sponge. So, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. man, that's that makes them smell like I know, the daisies. Need a little, uh, need a little freshen up every once in a while. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, your rivers are a bit cleaner than what I'm going. <laughs> yeah, a little biased. So. I did go wet wading in these in uh, Keystone and Breck. Still holding up pretty good. Yeah. So, yeah. And then we've got a couple. Uh, Kind of new last year, but Thunderhead submersible sling um, still has T zip, still without you know 100% recycled fabric, bomb proof everyday sling. Um, 
just launched our Castaway Roll Top Boat Bag slash Gear Bag. Um, awesome piece. It was actually designed specifically to fit in the in the um, hole of a Hell's Bay boat. Um, really nice thing is the interior liner pulls out. So if you're ever traveling destination, you pull the liner out, the whole thing packs flat in the bottom of your duffel, get to wherever you're going, pull it out, and you've got your gear bag. So roll top, fully submersible, don't have to worry about you know zippers corroding, any of that stuff. So um, that's one of my favorite pieces this year. And yeah, fantastic. So, you got the Oscar Blues bag? Yeah, we did a little partnership with them. So made um, made some uh, Oscar Blues limited edition, like 500 Ice Storm coolers, but came out really clean and great partnership and obviously a great company to work with. So, yeah, a couple new coolers in wax canvas style and, um, yeah, kind of trying to round out our line. So And always fishpondusa.com? Yes, sir. Right. So, yeah. Keep it cool. real. So. How's the skiing been? Good. Lots of lots of snow, so it should make a uh, make for a great spring. A lot of a lot of runoff, but it should keep our rivers nice and healthy. And California's doing well, so it's good to see those guys. Yep. So I'm uh, looking forward to it. Been getting out quite a bit. So awesome. All right. Thanks so much. Of course. Yeah. Appreciate the time. Cheers. Cheers. All right. Are we in Maine right now? No, we're in Somerset, New Jersey. at the, the biggest fly fishing show on the East Coast. So, uh, Who are these little ones here? This is this is Molly, an English cocker, chocolate. And then we have Curly, Molly's daughter, which is a blonde English cocker, both grouse and uh, woodcock dogs. Wow. Yeah, they're, they're our big, they're the main attraction for our bird hunting operation we do. So let's talk about what, what do you guys do up there, babe? Well, Weatherby's, um, we're an all, like you say, inclusive lodge. Uh, fly fishing is kind of our specialty, but we also do bird hunting. We do offer spin fishing trips, but... Um, it's 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 kind of known for our fly fishing uh, for the landlocked salmon and the smallmouth bass, which is world class, on the uh, Saint Croix River and all of the surrounding lakes, uh, West Grand Lake, Big Lake, and Grand Lake Stream, Maine. So these look like the traditional boats that were designed like a century plus ago. That is correct. Yeah, these are the traditional uh, Grand Laker canoes that they are all handmade in the town. Uh, each guide has their own. They usually hand make their own the way they want to. They're their own specifications. Probably five to seven different models running out there. You know, some of the Sprague canoe is one of the main ones they have, kind of the originator of it. Uh, but yeah, that's what the guides they uh, they pride themselves on being traditional fishing guides, as they would have been a hundred years ago. Same tactics, same rivers, same streams, everything. Yep. What's a, what's a good outfit for if someone's coming up there? Well, in fly fishing, usually you're, if, you're, if you're fishing for salmon, you're looking at your five and six weight streamers and nymph rigs, traditional uh, dry flies as well, especially early spring. If you're doing the bass, I smelt, reckon... Smelt flies? Yeah, usually you're, you're basically your traditional main streamers. You know, uh, your... Stevens Exactly. Great Ghost, Warden's Regret, all Badger, um, Great Ghost, oh, the, the Grand Lake uh, stream has its own basically uh, fly itself. That's kind of what a lot of people use. We have a podcaster in, in D.C., Sarah Frazier, she's from the Range League. I know the name, yes, absolutely. I, don't, I never met her before, but uh, I'd like to fish with her up there. Yeah, can you make that happen? She's in D.C. now. She can, she can fly. Yeah, she's up there all the time. Okay. Good. I'd like, I'd like to talk to her. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to get her up there. But then we do the smallmouth season. Uh, that kind of kicks in about June, mid June. They start spawning. And they're smallmouth, they're pretty tiny. They're like this big, right? No, 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 no. no. They're, they're not Potomac average small. No, no. no. The, the, we, um, I'm going to keep it clean here. Uh, but it is, I left my fiancé for the smallmouth bass in Maine. Wow. That's how big they are. 
Sorry. <laughs> I know steelheading can do that. I didn't know smallmouth. Well, maybe I'm just a, a dumb guy from Texas, but uh, they really are that big. Yeah, and they're throwing huge poppers starting in June and ripping them off the bank, and they just get exploded on I them. always thought you had, a, like, a Roanoke accent. Texas. Texas. Yeah. Most people don't understand it because it's so godlike. I, I, you know, I, 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 it's probably hard to understand. How about those Dillon Panthers? Don't know anything about it. Texas Forever? Nope. Never see Friday Night Lights? I have, I have, but I don't, I don't support football. They're a bunch of crybabies. Yeah, I like soccer, you know, South American soccer. That, that is a true sport right there. Blood baths, absolutely. And rugby, it's pretty legit, too. Rugby players are on a different level. Yeah. I like all things men. Not in a weird... I like all man activity sports, I guess. So are you guys eating lobster three meals a day? No, well, every Friday we do a huge traditional lobster boil. Uh, we go along the coast uh, to Eastport or Lebec area, pick up however many pounds of lobster we need per guest, and uh, we boil them over open fires. Uh, and we had that with corn and all the other fixings. Pretty, pretty impressive. Absolutely. Yeah. I made the mistake my first time up there and uh, ordered the lobsters for the dinner that night. And the lady said, how big do I want them? I was like, well, the biggest you have, obviously, being from Texas. So I come back with about five-pound lobsters. I think it was like 40 of them or something. The bill was like $280. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, those things, they don't have a, an end life. I mean, lobsters will live for Definitely. They pretty much do, yeah. yeah they, 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 they go forever. And they get they get massive. Like I said, I, was, I ordered or bought four to five pound lobsters. That's insane. Normally people eat the pound, pound and a half. So four times that size. So, but yeah, man, the fishing is, uh, is absolutely incredible. Uh, I've guided on the New River in Virginia. I thought it was the best thing. And then I fished the St. Croix for about two days and quickly realized that if you're consistently catching 16 to 18 inch smallmouth, I say consistent, I mean... Every five casts, you're catching a smallmouth, and at 16, 18 inches, you start to rethink the management practices. Yep. And you're, you're, you know, your kicker fish up in Maine is going to be around 23, 24 inches. Yeah. It's, in, it's impressive. It really is. My goodness. Yeah. And I run, I run jet boats up and down the St. Croix River. Uh, we do the traditional canoes. Uh, we fish lakes. I think within a 50-mile radius of where we're at, we probably have about 100 different watersheds we can fish. Yeah, so it's everything changes constantly. Very cool. Yeah, it really is. It's a good time. Is there a, a website, some social media? Yeah, you can go to weatherbees.com. Uh, we have that. We got, of course, on Instagram, Weatherbees Lodge, and on Facebook, it's Weatherbees Sporting Camps. Um, the lodge itself, we have a full time chef, full time waiting staff, full time housekeeping staff, 15 cabins, uh, three houses on site for week long rentals if you want to provide for yourself. Um, we do three meals a day um, in our pricing uh, during peak season. You're looking at around $230, all your food, lodging, alcohol, and gratuities included in that price. And then during non-peak season, it's $200, same thing, food, alcohol, uh, tip, and all is included, yep. Got 30, 30 guides in the area of the workforce, so um, big operation. Uh, but, you know, it's also one of the oldest lodges, um, East Coast for sure, maybe within the country. But it's over 100 years old. Wow. So. Uh, I just, I just had a question for you. Damn, I'm so tired right now. It's exhausting. You might be the last interview. I'm just tired of holding it's this exhausting. mic. It's exhausting. It really is. I mean, these shows, these shows are really good. Um, you know, we get to meet a lot of new people. It helps us with our business analytics, where we're getting most of the traffic from. Uh, Atlanta's going to be a huge show for us because we want to own the southeast market. We want to own it. It's, flying to Maine, you're looking at about a two-hour flight from Atlanta. 
then about you land in Bangor, two hour drive up from there, so it's not that bad. As if you were Atlanta, you're flying to Montana, now you're looking at around a three and a half, four hour flight, and then from there. So. Change time, get all messed up. Exactly, so it's a really simple place, and we offer probably some of the most diverse fishing on the East Coast that anyone's seen, absolutely. So my question was, it was uh, Woodcocks. Yes. Will you ever see one of those if you don't have these two with you? Yes, you'll flush them. I've never seen one. I mean, I've spent some time in the woods. So, in Maine, we actually have a lot of resident birds that stay there. Obviously, because it's a major flyway, birds will just stay in that area in the, the wetlands. And we have a huge migration of woodcock that come through in mid to late September into October. It depends on the weather and stuff like that. Um, of course, those the East Coast woodcock, the Atlantic flyway, they travel all down through Maryland, the Virginia, South Carolina. They land in Florida. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you'll walk through the woods, you know, whatever, when we do scouting, and we'll flush them up out of nowhere. Are they eating birds or is it sport? Yes, we do eat them all. We, you know, we breast them out, and then from there we basically can cook them in a red wine reduction with some fruit. Um, or sometimes people bread them. Uh, we cook them nightly when we're at their lodge, like if, uh, during the hunting season for the clientele. Um, the grouse hunting we do, we don't do – there's not a big population of grouse in the area of Grand Lake Stream. The habitat has kind of died out. We'd have a three-week, roughly two to three-week uh, remote, remote grouse camp we do in the northern Allagash. Uh, we basically rent out rustic lodges and hunt in the northern Allagash for about two to three weeks or so. Yeah. I'm guessing those birds don't stand a tan- chance with you? No, not at all. Absolutely not. I'm usually carrying two double-barrel shotguns Yeah, on the hip, and I carry a six-shooter with my cowboy boots. You, can, you don't need a shotgun with your skills. No, I do have... Uh, some specialized training yeah, yeah. and um, you know I'm not sure if you have any avid NRA supporters or not on this this podcast here who but knows everyone listens right yeah I, I've been known to shoot a grouse with a 22 flying yeah I have crazy <laughs> wow yeah. alright you running your own social media now I do yeah um, so I, I help out Jeff with Weatherbees so we do that but then I also have my own blog I do because when I'm not um, guiding and run the lodge in Maine I am on the road uh, throughout America. I am fishing for muskie. I am tarpon, red fishing in Texas and South Carolina. I'm duck hunting all over the place. I basically live out of my truck like a bum. Uh, and I run a blog. It's called duckdogsanddriftboats.com. And it kind of describes the stories that my dogs, my hunting dogs and myself, what we do on the road for basically four months. That sounds awesome. It's really cool. It really is. And I'm hoping to be in Argentina next year during the wintertime because I just met a guy and he's interested in having me do some Golden Dorado guiding for him so awesome. see what happens yeah, dude. good catching up i was not expecting to see you absolutely that was a surprise last night yeah absolutely man it was good talking to you yeah. again i knew that you would be around i just didn't know what time we'd meet up Psst. over here Psst. oh there you are <clears throat> i am just south of the yellow breaches and the jabroni just pulled out in the right lane man i hate drivers left turn all right so i'm exhausted that show uh convention center type places need to have a different kind of floor um i had loads of fun i'll probably do a post-mortem after this once i go through my pictures and look at the flies count my money see how i did uh good show uh, some of the normal people weren't there. There were some tires that, that just don't go anymore. However, in their place, there are other tires. And there are different companies that show up and have booths, which I liked. 
give you a little bit of a variety. There are some standard booths that are always there. Um, so this morning, the alarm went off at 7.30 or 8.30. I don't remember, but I, I was tired. I got home to the hotel late last night. And then I made that mac and cheese, which was fantastic. Trader Joe's frozen mac and cheese is on point. And uh, I ate that, feeling like Kevin McAllister, Christmas Eve, having himself some mac and cheese by himself before the Wet Bandits showed up. Second reference to the Wet Bandits in the podcast. Jumped up, I packed up everything, got myself ready, dressed freshened up I parked in front of the office last night because there's not a whole lot of parking at Sinesta so I go in and I have a big plate of just greasy bacon and some eggs push down a whole cup of apple juice just for some vitamins and minerals and hydration Uh, I left my Yeti cup at the show so I had a use a disposable cup, uh, but I'll bring it home, you know, we're going to compost that, I've actually got every beer can and bottle uh, and cup consumed by myself and others uh, in my car, you know, I'm responsible environmentalist in, in the industry and, and in life, and you shouldn't just be somebody that works in the outdoors that, that should do this, everybody, so I've got cans and bottles, uh, Coast has got the whole kick plastic campaign. I don't know why people were drinking out of plastic water bottles all weekend. That that's a big no-no. Um, so after breakfast, I rolled over, and yesterday was just chaotic. So I finished time. I f- finished walking around with everybody at one and sat down. I had to set up all of my tying gear and wait for uh, the other dude to move out. And then all of a sudden, people are buying flies. Like, it was crazy. It was just chaos. So podcast listeners coming by, just new friends, other vendors, uh, people buying flies, TPFR friends hanging out. Uh, It could not have been more fun. I actually wish it went longer. I would have had so much more fun. Uh, But they turned off the ugly lights, I don't know, 6 o'clock-ish. And then um, I just put a tarp over it, and when I got there this morning, it was just utter chaos. There were hooks and beads and um, materials. So the guy who's tying at the table with me is using uh, Steve Ferrar SF Flash material, and it's everywhere. There's just strings of it. It's hanging from my my beard, and it's in my water. Um, It's stuck to my can of Coke. Just stuff, it's it's all over my clothes. So I have to set up, and uh, I set up about 15 minutes before people arrived and started knocking out some flies to fill the bins. Of all the patterns I'd planned on making, hold on a second. Of all the patterns, I never tied up a, I never tied up any damsels. I didn't tie up any... Uh, intruders. I never had time for the intruders. Uh, I didn't have time for what, pretty much anything else that I brought. Um, just uh, no circus peanuts. So it was pretty much reapers, gutless frogs, 
my Snallygasters with cheese. Sold, uh, I sold a lot of flies. It was awesome. Didn't sell as many as today, but uh, in, in one sale yesterday, I made more than I did all of last year. And I'm not so much here hoping to sell the flies. I eventually want the people to buy them, fish them, realize that they're awesome, and then they're going to call me up to do some special orders. Hopefully also come down and, and guide, get a guided trip. Like I said, if you're not coming to D.C. to fish the shad fishery, you really should make a weekend out of it. You, you got a canoe or kayak, anything that you can uh, fit through a small tunnel on your roof or in the back of your car, you can get down to Fletcher's and put that in. You can rent boats at Fletcher's or you can fish from shore all up and down uh, about a three-mile stretch. So, what's going on? Um, I, I beat. Got to make you yawn. As I'm talking, and I am the end aisle, this guy just walks by and he just goes, that voice, I know you. He's like, how do I know your voice? Turns out he listened to the podcast, so that was fun. Gave out lots of cards, hope to get some new listeners. It looks like we're going to be sending some Ayoba Yo uh, to some houses. So Vion's probably going to get a bunch of new customers after this weekend because we are just snacking on the, the biltong. I like the drawers. I, I think that's my preference now. And we were just cutting them up with tine scissors and passing out like drawers chunks. Um, they're really darn good. It's just this savory blend of the spices and whatever meat he's using. Oh, man, that stuff is, is spot on delicious. So I tied up until noon and then I met some, uh, my friends from Healing Waters outside and I was given, um, some really old bamboo rods and I got a pair of the dodgiest looking rubber felt sole waders you've seen. But if I can fit a client in those, you know, a couple times and make an honest living, it's worth it. And at noon, so I was packed up. I grabbed a club soda to hydrate. Definitely had a stretch. My legs, uh, it hurts. It's just, it's really exhausting. And hopefully we don't all get the Somerset SARS. Um, oh, and it turns out I, I went over right before I left to uh, the Hardy Gray's booth. And they're all eating sandwiches. They offered me a steak and cheese and it was good steak and cheese with cheese whiz on it like the jar cheese sauce and we were discussing things and they're like yeah go over to uh the yeti booth they got they got something like charcoal pills or what i'm like they must have listened to the podcast they had the charcoal pills with them and then i joked and said you know when you get your hand stamped to the show they should give you like a little dixie cup with a charcoal pill and a little paper cup of water and you swirl it back and suck it down so I walked around from noon until about 2.30ish I went over to the evening hatch because they had the Orvis socks that I really like Thomas found those yesterday so I got two pairs 12 bucks each pretty good deal except my shoulder bag is a piece of crap and um, I was walking down one aisle and this guy just whistles and I turn around and he throws the pair of socks at me, you know, I'm like, sweet, and I stuff them back in, 
Um, they must have fallen out again because there's only one pair of socks in my bag. I'm a little pissed about that. So if you found a pair of socks bundled up that said Woolrich on them, which I think are the same ones that Orvis sells because they're identical in every way, if you found those, please kindly return those to me uh, so as to see that my, my feet are happy and warm. Walked around. I still wanted to get Alice Owsley on. Uh, it looks like that might just have to be a Skype podcast. Bumped into Jen Ripple, and I had wanted her get her on the podcast for months. And you know that the Skype conversations were not working through the software. Um, Rosenbauer got a podcast with her. I haven't listened to it yet, but if it doesn't cover what I wanted to talk to. Uh, Jen Ripple about, then I think we're definitely going to have to uh, call her up. Uh, stopped by the Healing Waters booth, saw Zeb and Andrea, which you heard, and we made a Kiki sandwich. Kiki uh, is a guide, Northern Virginia. Uh, she lives in Northern Virginia, doesn't guide there. She does work with Healing Waters and TFO. So we got a picture of Jessica and I on one side. Kiki in the middle, and then Zeb and Andrea. So it's basically a Kiki sandwich. Just walked around. Um, honestly, the only thing I bought at the show was the the socks. And I kept apologizing to Bo that I couldn't be at the show in, uh, in April. That really bumps me out. I just felt like I was a guy who stood up a girl on a date and was apologizing for for that. Sat down for the talk with um, a couple of groups, so that was nice. Uh, got invited to go do some bone fishing and tarpon fishing down off the beaches in Miami. Definitely want to take up that offer. Didn't go through the tying bins, so I, I saved myself from buying unnecessary tying material. I've got plenty. And now that I've really narrowed down, there's just a few flies that I really tie. I don't need that many materials. So I pretty much finished my sandwich, got in the car, loaded it up. Uh, that's when I'd realized that I didn't have the extra key. I'm oh, sorry, the extra sock. So now I am York, Pennsylvania. It's been a crazy easy drive. This is much nicer than taking 95. There's no traffic whatsoever. Um, I just got passed on the right. I'm only going 70. But it's been like, I usually have maybe three or four miles alone in front and behind me anytime. I did pass a town, I think Jason can pronounce it correctly, but is it Shart Shartlesville? Shartsville? That's a pretty gross town name in Pennsylvania. Shart something. And there's so many things I wanted to talk about, but uh, what else? What else did we learn at this show? It's fun. You walk up and down all the aisles and you get lost. Yesterday, there were times where you honestly couldn't walk down an aisle. It was bumper to bumper. And today, there's a little bit more room. Uh, I feel bad. Lefty's getting old. I mean, he, the guy's 92, but it's starting to show he had to sit down to do his casting demonstration, which kind of broke my heart. Um... Uh, I've been watching him at shows for, I don't know, almost 20 years. And uh, he was an old guy back then. And I'm just going to shut up and 
drive. I'm uh, charging the phone now. Go listen to another podcast after I put you down. If I pass the sheets, I'll probably pull over to get dinner, but does Justin would say I was a greasy bastard enough today and that I shouldn't eat another greasy sandwich. I could give her some salty fries right now. I guess I usually bring bags of chips and junk food with me. All I brought was the Biltong, some club sodas for the car, and a Coke. Um, Aaron from Fly Vines was upset. I, I didn't bring her a Mexican Coke. I totally forgot about that. How much we laughed about how good those were at the Lancaster show. Which is the next show. That is March uh, 3rd and 4th, maybe. 4th and 5th. So, plan on being at the Lancaster show. Uh, maybe I'll have some of the intruders then. I'll definitely have shad flies there for people that are going to be fishing uh, for shad. Because that's the next big run that's coming into town. So... We'll be doing some high fives then. And then maybe, uh, I don't think I'm going to make it to Thai Fest on March 18th. It's just, it's a bit far. It's the same day as the Healing Waters Tithon at the Marine Corps Museum. And uh, I think client Joe Wallen's going to be there so we can sit there and tie together because he wants to learn the Cree Bug. And I didn't get a chance to film it over the weekend. Cree Bug will be the next bug we learn at beer tie for February and then March and April will be shad flies it's going to be awesome and you wouldn't believe I invite so many people down like Pete Kutzer you got to come down and fish for shad it will blow your mind and I'm just telling all these people, everybody from Umpqua to guys that live in Argentina I'm like dude, if you're in the D.C. area anytime in April and May you need to come fish with me and uh, I'm like, it's just like that picture behind you without the garbage there's no garbage in your picture and no crazy people with spears and pitchforks trying to stab fish. So that's it. I hope you all enjoyed this podcast. It may or may not be the uh, end of it, but it is for now. Jason, thanks for putting all these crazy pieces together. It was good hanging out and uh, sorry we couldn't watch any Comedy Central to catch up on the funny guy. Uh, but Percy Jackson was a cool movie and uh, that was some good eating food we ate. I still can't believe you ate a whole bag of jerky at once. Crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. It's snowing. We're down in Merland. We are approaching Rockville. Uh, some of the things you know, I thought about since the uh, last conversation. Uh, thinking about Trad and walking around and how he seems to be the only next generation tire at the show uh, there really there's no one in their like 20s maybe a couple people in their 30s but where's the next generation when, when some of these guys decide they don't want to make the trek they're getting old uh, who's going to fill in for them at the show so if you're a young tire and you want to get into this maybe think about buying a booth next year and tying some flies or Doing the booth that we do. Uh, Rex Fly was across from us. I'm still not sure. I was watching, but I'm still not sure. I didn't get a chance to talk to them. But they were walking around with their rods uh, coming off their chest. It kind of looked like they had a giant, giant like chest erection. Uh, they were just walking around, and they were going to be like, Honey, have you seen the washcloth? 
kind of joke. If you don't know what that is, um, you're not a funny, dirty-minded person. Um, what else? Do, oh, man, see, I'd write this stuff down to talk about it, but I'm driving. So those are two more last-minute thoughts, and I'm just tired. I want to go home and eat, like, a bowl of soup and just shower off the Somerset funk and go to bed. Alright, so if you know music, this is uh, Shannon Worrell. The album is Three Wishes. If it's on iTunes, you want to buy it. The guy singing in the background is credited as David Matthews. This is before he was known as Dave in the music industry. One of the one of the best albums I have is Shannon Worrell, W O R R E L L, and the people in this album. It's like all stars of Virginia music. It's um, produced by John Alagia, or John Alagia's in it. Uh, David Lowry from Cracker, Carter Beauford from the Dave Matthews Band, maybe Sean Michael Dargan from Virginia. Uh, like I said, Davis singing. She just got all these amazing mid-90s people together. And it's an awesome album. That's why I'm listening to it for my last hour's drive back home. Um, the snow stopped, so the road is a little more boring. And I still think that if you live in North Jersey and own a food truck, you really want to set up shop outside there. You would make an absolute killing. I've got another anecdote for you. This is one of the more funny, odd things that happened today. So Sabrina, who you heard last night on the podcast from room 412, she thought, she, she came by the booth today and I got her a bunch of, uh, of bass flies to try up in the Great White North. She asked when I'm going to publish the article. And I said, publish? She's like, yeah, you're, you, you're going to write down what I said, you know, quote me. And I was like, oh, no, no, it's a, it's a podcast. It's still, there are people that just don't know what a podcast is, I say. It's, it's like an internet radio show. And it was funny. And I, I gave her a bunch of flies, and then she came. I'm on the end, right? So she comes around, and uh, she's going to shake my, I think she's going to shake my hand. But she takes her jacket, it's like resting on her arm. And kind of moves it, and I get confused. I think she's coming in for a hug. I think maybe it's a, a Europe French Canadian thing. And it's a good thing I didn't try to kiss her on each cheek. I probably would have been slapped and gotten a broken nose. Uh, but I give her like she. I think she wanted to shake my hand. Oh, it's snowing again. I wanted to hurt you know shake my hand or do a fizz bump. I didn't know. I honestly thought she was coming in for a hug. So I hugged her, and uh, she walks away and. I look at Peter Koga. Peter's great. He's tying the coolest shrimp. I'll post a picture of his uh, spotting bonefish shrimps. But there's a there's like a kid talking to Peter, and and I was like, did did you just see that? They're like, yeah, that that was really awkward. I was like, did it look like I was trying to hug her, or that did it look like she was coming in for a hug? Because I I was like I 
it, it was so weird. And we, all three of us just started laughing at how awkward it was. Um, I felt very silly. I was like, she probably thinks this dude's some fly time creepo. Uh, then I saw her like two minutes later because uh, the kid in the USA sweatshirt, I owe you $12. I didn't have time to give you your change. You walked away. Um, so I was looking for him and I bumped into Sabrina I was like, I'm really sorry about that hug. Um, I wasn't sure if you were coming in for a a dap or a a handshake, but you kind of moved your arm when you're moving your jacket. And I was like, I'm really sorry. It was so awkward. And I think she realized at the moment that I was just lacking in some social skills when it happened. That's another one of the stories I'm just thinking about as I'm driving. By the way, the traffic is pretty heavy right now on 270. We've only got 29 miles to go, and um, it's getting crowded. The roads are all pre-treated, so it's uh, it's weird the way the lights are reflecting off the road. I don't know if it's the uh, dried hypertonic solution they're putting down. The salt crystals are reflecting or absorbing light. I have uh, VIP pet care in front of me that's hitting his brakes every couple of seconds upsetting me um, anything else I should say before I have to like put this down and pick it back up I'll think about it do 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 what else Windows breaks man so let's talk about fly fishing people in industry this is what a fly fishing dude looks like flip flops boots pretty dirty boots they're gonna have some kind of cool carhartt dickies work pants on and then you're gonna have a plaid button down shirt we all have some kind of technical watch and then on our other wrist it's fly vines and other beaded jewelry leather etc sunglasses around the neck hat from place you've been or hat where you work and it's funny, I don't, like, if I went to a ski convention, is everybody there all dressed? It's like, are they all going to be wearing, like, Uggs and yoga pants? If I went to a, a golfing Somerset show, would everybody be wearing, um, like, khakis and a, a sweater vest and, like, a, a silky polo with a sun visor? I just want to know out there, I mean, I don't really hang out with other groups, but is there like a stereotypical look? Like if the swimmers convention, do they all have nose clips and speedos and uh, water caps on? I'm just curious because I cast, you always know who the fly fishing people are. I've said that before. You go to the conventional side and it's dudes with logos all over their clothes and starched jeans and uh, very clean haircuts where today it looks like most people haven't even seen a razor in a long time it's just one of those things I think about as I walk around that um, you know the staff at the hotel when they look at us are we like some riffraff group because there was a security guard out in the lobby technically this morning um, he's just like look at all these jokers they all look the same like we were all um they're like baby aphids that are asexually reproduced. They all look the same. They're boop, 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 boop out of the mama aphid. 
we all just kind of look like we were, we're cookie cutters uh, alike. Whether you are a guide or a lodge owner or um, a hardcore fisherman or someone who's just kind of getting into it. There's like a definite look that we all kind of have. I, I, I kind of laugh at myself because that's what I look like. I look like all the other jokesters. It's better than wearing a three-piece suit. No, take that back. If I had the same tailor as Daniel Craig in uh, the last three James Bond movies, I would wear a three-piece suit every day. I wonder if Tom Hardy's going to be the new James Bond. That dude's got some nice cut suits, too. But I guess when you make that money, you get a dress like that, too. I don't know. Thank you for joining us for the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. For more information or to contact Rob, please go to www.robsnowwhite.com. And if you lack the strength of your own, honey, hold out your hands and take it from an old man. This has been a production of Freestone Media.